Those other podcasts sound like a broken record every episode. Rumor and innuendo is that the rumor and innuendo was started by the rumor and innuendo. We're always providing the freshest new content. Yeah, go ahead and chat me up. TME Studios, it's what you want. Live from TME Studios, you are now locked on. To the Snowball Wrestling Network. Now, here is the host, the one, the only, Caleb Snowball! What's up, everyone? It's me, Caleb Snowball, back with another edition of the Snowball Wrestling Network. And after one of our most controversial episodes ever, I'm glad to still be back on the air. <laughs> But thank you all for joining uh, me this evening because I cannot wait uh, to talk about uh, wrestling on this particular episode because wrestling as we know it is fixing to change uh, forever and we're going to get into all of that uh, here in a minute. But I just want to thank you all again for tuning in uh, for this week's episode and uh and I was very honored uh and very privileged to have uh James Caleb Kitchens on uh who ruffled some feathers I understand uh with a lot of comments which I figured he would but you know hey I let him say what he wanted to say so but speaking of wanting to say or saying what he wants to say or anything like that I don't have James Caleb Kitchens with me this week I have the one, the only, thank God for that, Chris motherfucking Dickens. He's back. Chris, I'm what's back, going ladies on? and gentlemen. I'm back. Yes, I'm back on SWN. Sorry I wasn't able to be on the show last week, but <laughs> apparently it was an upgrade. <laughs> it was. That was the first thing he said was the biggest was. upgrade in podcast history. <laughs> uh, I owe him a receipt for that one. But, James, thank you so much for coming on last week's episode. That must yeah. be why it was the most watched uh, or most listened to episode oh, ever. Okay. <laughs> well, just wait till this week because Mr. Kitchens had his words on some of the situations going on in professional wrestling. I have mine, and I am going Woo! to touch on some of the subjects that he touched on last week because I didn't get to put my two cents in. So wrestling world, get ready because Chris Dickens is going to speak his mind and let a couple of things known, but I'm going to hand it back over to you, Mr. Stovall, because yes. this is your show. This is the Stovall wrestling network. It's not the Dickens wrestling podcast. <laughs> that would probably fail after the first episode. <laughs> so it must be why you haven't done another Dickens experience. Oh, Nobody likes to do the Chris Dickens experience. It just, it's, <laughs> it's sad and lonely in your bed at night with nobody around. Oh, well, well, let hey. me just go ahead and pick this podcast right back up again. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yes, we, we do thank James Caleb Kitchens for being on last yes. week, but I got my man back this week and I cannot wait because big things are happening. And some opinions we're about to give. So you know what? Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about the thing that we all want to talk about. And 
wrestling. And Chris, are are you ready? Because pretty much last night, and, and we're gonna have to go over it uh, because it, it's not going on as we record this uh, right now. No, but pretty much last night, wrestling was changed forever. Correct. And uh, AEW, double or nothing. Uh, it, it happened in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I am, am just, I, I'm in awe, and what a time to be alive. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a situation that we never thought we would see as wrestling fans again, but it actually is coming to fruition. Correct. And, and this is the thing that, uh, we've been talking about for many, many years now is the competition part of professional wrestling. TNA and Impact Wrestling, they, they had the opportunity. They somewhat dropped the ball and then oh, beyond dropped the ball. Well, okay. They threw the ball across the field and said, fuck it. We're going to leave it over there. No, they um, fucking had an XFL football <laughs> and jumbled the football all the way down the fucking <laughs> sideline. And just handed it back over to the NFL, basically. <laughs> well, he hate me, watched and just shook his head in disbelief. <laughs> right. But, no, we saw all these other promotions pop up. We saw MLW pop up. We saw uh, Lucha Underground pop up. We saw all and, these other promotions pop up. And really, and, and really, if I could, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, you're fine. But really, if I could, you know, I've stated it. From pretty much day one that I feel that impact failing was in a way what set all this in motion. Yes. But see, here's the other, here's the other aspect of it. And this is the part, you know, and I, and I can't wait till we go over double or nothing because God, this is a game changer. And here's the thing about it. And I was actually talking to, um, Mr. William Blanchard, who we're both familiar with. Um, about this situation is AEW smash. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it, I'm trying to be if I can be serious for a minute. (laughs) But the thing about AEW is it wasn't born out of like say like the WCW was born out of a business going under and you know a billionaire buying out the assets because it was nobody else wanted it. Exactly. This is a promotion that came out of fruition because it was what the fans craved. We made this happen, guys. Yes. Just look at it like this, okay? Cody Rhodes knew from the jump. The Young Bucks knew from the jump. Kenny Omega, they all knew what the fans wanted. We we proved that, and they proved that with the Elite uh, show on YouTube. Right. getting like – Bukus and Bukus of merchandise sold all over the place, including Hot Topic. Well, right. we sold out. All right, they didn't sell out. We sold out all in. All in. Oh, and 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 they've even said that that like that like you know all in like 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 yeah they might have you know put it on and everything, but they said none of that would have been possible if it hadn't been for the wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing, guys. The person who is owner of this company, Tony Khan, is a legit wrestling fan. Oh, God. When when you see him in these interviews, he's not running around there, you know, looking like, yeah, 
I bought this promotion and I don't really care about it. I just, you know, wanted to see something or, or, or whatnot. No, he legit is talking about how much he, he likes wrestling, how much he's followed wrestling and everything like that, how much he wants to bring wrestling back to prominence and everything like that. And, and it's just, it's, it's remarkable. It is. And, and, you know, to see that and to see all this talent, and I'm not talking like talent who's been like, you know, big time forever and ever. I'm talking about young up and coming talent. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, the Young Bucks, Cody, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, even uh, Christopher Daniels and them, they've had their shine. They've had their time. But... Yeah, but they've never actually had a platform, though. Yeah, because if you think about it, it it's funny the of you know everyone uh, keeps analyzing what they've done and everything like that. And right. Tony Khan said it best. Like Tony noticed that, like he said, he said the Young Bucks, and he said Kenny Omega is one of the best wrestlers in the world, but he's never been on primetime television. None of them have. The only one out of them that has been on primetime television is obviously Cody. And Chris Jericho. Well, Chris Jericho, obviously, yes. Obviously, but, but you, out, of the, out of the ones that are executive uh, vice presidents and everything, Cody Rhodes is the only one. And, he, and here's the other thing is that, yeah, he was on primetime, but he was not utilized in the way that he is being utilized now. Oh, WWE. Absolutely. Yeah, WWE never let Cody be Cody, and, and <laughs> Cody had so many ideas, and they were all shot down. Same thing with his brother Dustin. Dustin had so many ideas, but it, he, he was so like conformed to that Gold Dust character that he just went ahead and portrayed it, and, and just said, "Okay, it's your paycheck." Basically, now they have the opportunity to show the world what they can do on a bigger platform. Uh, with a lot more creative freedom because Tony Khan and, and the Bucks and all of them have said there's going to be a lot more uh, creative freedom when it comes to characters and, Absolutely. and just being themselves. There is no – there's a script, but there is no scripted promos, and yeah, that's the which one thing is, I love the most. Which is something I have been waiting for for God knows how long on wrestling because that is my biggest thing with WWE's promos is you can yeah. just tell they're all fucking scripted. You can tell that even from the pun lines that they write in to try to be funny or to try to take shots at each other, quote quotes, you know, like it, it, it doesn't sound legit whatsoever. And there's no emotion backing any of it because you're having to try to remember it and you're not exactly. an actor. Exactly. Back in the Attitude Era, when they were able to, when Vince kind of, you know, was up against the wall and he said, okay, do what you got to do. He let these guys go out there. Yeah, they had a platform. They had a, a certain script that they had to follow, but they were also given a lot more creative freedom. And half the stuff that they said was some of the most emotionally driven promos and storylines that ever took place. And that's what grasped us. But when they well, finally won, they just said, all right, everything's got to be scripted. We have shareholders we got to follow, we got to answer to. We got to show them all this stuff. So yeah, but and, out the window. yeah, and 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 like I and the times that they've 
tried to do quote unquote pipe bombs or shoot style interviews in the th- like I remember I mentioned it last week, but I remember Roman Reigns and John Cena. Roman Reigns. Put the baby wolf. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I remember during that feud, I remember that that they tried to have Cena be, I guess, from the fans' point of view, or Roman. I don't remember, but but they were taking these shots at each other, and I'm sitting there going, "You were told by the boss to say this bullshit." Yeah, like it. It there's no. There was no feeling of emotion whatsoever for me when it came to that shit. Yeah, I just, I couldn't get into it. But here's the thing, though, with AEW, you know, and and I think we saw some glimpses of it uh, last night. Like I said, we'll have to go over the the card uh, on next week's show. But... Tony Khan has said that he doesn't want, which is interesting, uh, you know, that he's got people like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks on this roster. Like, he wants it to be a sports-based product. He does not want an entertainment product. He wants pure wrestling. Well, see, that's the thing is that that's what, you know, the Young Bucks, they're, they're flamboyant, same with Kenny Omega, they're flamboyant. But when they get in the ring, they perform. Oh, yeah, they, they do. They, they perform. And, and that's do. the thing is WWE has labeled itself so big as entertainment that they forgot the whole aspect of what it was all about to begin with. Professional wrestling. Guys yeah. and girls getting in the ring, going after a championship. And, and I know we're going to cover more on WWE here. And, oh, and you got no idea, um, folks. But, but <laughs> I want to go ahead and I want to go ahead and jump. Is you and you and Kitchens covered this uh, last week. Uh, about the announcement of AEW's deal with TNT. Oh, uh, yes, which, I was going to say that because, I mean, Chris, 20 years after the final Nitro aired on TNT, wrestling is going to be back on the Turner Network. Uh, and that yep. right there, first of all, I wanted to, I wanted to cry. <laughs> like, like when I heard the announcement and people can make fun of me for that or what, I don't care. You have no idea what this means as a wrestling fan. You know, this is this is bringing back our childhood. This is bringing back, you know, what we grew up on. We grew up on Monday Nitro airing on TNT. We yes. grew up on wrestling being on the Turner Networks for twenty years. I grew up on WCW being on Saturday night on TNT. Saturday night, six oh five Eastern. Yep. Every yeah. single night, six oh five Eastern. The, Live and living color on the superstation, daddy. Yeah. Fuck the revival, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but this means so much to, to this means so much to the wrestling fans that grew up watching, you know, Georgia Championship Wrestling. Um, yes, World Championship the NWA, the NWA, Turner Networks made professional wrestling, and Vince McMahon at one point on Black Saturday. Air WWE programming on the Superstation. So yeah, he did. Wrestling is Turner. And here's the thing I like about the TV deal that they have. It, they have well, hang on, hang on real quick go ahead, go ahead, before go ahead. you go into that because you said wrestling is Turner. It's yes. so funny that we say that because obviously, you know, from the outside, you know, 
it, that's the way it looks. But on the inside, they never wanted that. They never wanted it. But here's the thing. A lot of hands have changed over the years in the Turner Networks. Yes. And honestly, the way they're presenting AEW now on Turner, they're not presenting it as sports entertainment, as nope. WWE. They're presenting it as a sport. It is yes. it brought on as a package under sports, but it's being filmed as a, a full-fledged television program. And the deal that they have is far more lucrative than the deal that WWE has with Fox. And this is what I read on that deal is that they're not really worried about viewership and stuff like that off the jump. They're not really expecting a lot of viewers, but they want the, the audience to build up. That's why they have this whole deal with them airing primetime on TNT. They've got the distribution deal on digital platforming and, and the whole nine yards. Whereas WWE, I think if I remember correctly, they gotta at least maintain three million viewers to stay on Fox. I've, I, you know, I've heard that, but I, I, here's my thing. For me, it's hard to believe that when like, you know, I, I just, so we had this, we have this thing, right, um, at Fox. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's this like, uh, presentation that I punch up, uh, for Master Control. And it, and it was talking about, uh, the, the fall lineup coming to Fox. And it mentioned WWE SmackDown. That was obviously one of the big ones that everyone's talking about, uh, coming to Fox. I don't know, uh, if that's actually, I don't, I just don't know if that's accurate. Cause basically well, I, what you're saying is, is basically what everyone would be saying is then, is is that if they don't pull in three million viewers by the third or fifth episode, then they're done, and that's just bullshit. Oh, their deal might be done. They might have to finish out what deal they have. They might just be like, you know, at the end of our deal, we're through. I don't know the the full extent of the details. I know that there's a lot of talk about it on the dirt sheets. A lot of talk about it in the media. Um, I do know that Fox wants them to try to go back to being uh, TV fourteen. Yeah, a more they want them to go more edgy, and they want them to be more sports based. Because what their what their plan is, what the Fox that and I'm not speaking for a wrestling point of view. I'm talking about this is what Fox wants. They want to make a weekend sports lineup starting on Thursdays with uh, Thursday night football from the NFL. And then they want Friday SmackDown, and then they want Saturday uh, college football, and then Sunday uh, NFL. Right. That's what they. That's basically what the supposed plan is. Fox can always change their yeah. minds and stuff. Yeah, but but when it comes to AEW and TNT, they want AEW to succeed. So they've got it set up to where they can build the uh, the foundation of and the And that's fan so base. weird to say, isn't it, when, when you're talking about the Turner Network? Because what is the narrative that we've heard? The, the, you know, the, the narrative is is that Turner does not want wrestling on the tur- – like like yeah. Ted Turner did. But the people that work at Turner don't want to do – don't want to have anything and, to do with wrestling. Right, and we, we heard it for many, many years, uh, especially from Eric Bischoff, that a lot of things that uh, WCW had to deal with, they were not listed as their own, um, you know, 
like job listing underneath Turner. They were listed under other, and a lot yeah. of uh, losses and finances went to other, which was how WCW was losing money, even if they were making money, because they were taking the losses from Turner because nobody wanted it. It was like the dump play, the the dump for everything that Turner like was negative on. And right. it was like that until they started making money and everybody wanted to jump on board. And then all of a sudden, when AOL Time Warner came in and merged, wrestling is lowbrow. Wrestling is garbage. But here's the beautiful thing about this day and age is that viewpoint has changed so I, and, much. And I, I was going to say that, and, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact of ever since WCW left Turner – and you can look at, 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 at the viewings for TNT. You can look at everything that, 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 you know, the, the Turner Network or, or, or Time Warner Home has tried to put out over the years. You know, that they've tried to put out original shows and everything. None of them have done close to the numbers that WCW did even when WCW was going out of business. They still drew more of a ratings than these original TV shows that they have, such as like Rizzolian Isles or fucking, um, I, I, I saw something on TBS the other day and I was just like, oh my God, that's absolutely terrible. And so none of their shows are drawing. So they probably went back in time and were just like, what you know? What, how were we so popular at one time? And then they probably looked at it and they went, "Wow, this WCW was really driving us. So how can we get back into that game?" And then they say, "Oh, hey, this guy named Tony Khan. He's got his, about as much money as Vince McMahon and <laughs> stuff like that." So yeah, see, and that's the thing. Like um, like we said, I know a lot of figureheads have changed over time in terms at Time yes. Warner. And whoever's in charge right now, I don't have that information in front of me, but whoever's in charge right now, uh, obviously they're smart and, and they know that professional wrestling has an audience, has a fan base, has the ability to draw numbers and has the ability to draw in advertising revenue because of the number of drawing power that it has. And if you didn't see uh, the numbers at all in Drew, you got to be stupid to sit there and go, I'm going to pass on that. I don't want to deal with professional wrestling on my network. The motherfucker, they sold out a building of 10,000 people. Without being on primetime television. None exactly. of them ever. In fact, everybody that was on that show, with the exception of the surprise from Chris Jericho, and then, you know, DDP being on there as well. But, like, none of those guys, uh, you know, from MJF to Matt Cross – to, to, uh, Tessa Blanchard even, to, um, all of, to all of those people that were there, none of them had been on prime time television. That no. was all what that event was about. In fact, if you look at all in, right, a lot of people say that, that, that this was obviously the launching point and everything like that. But here's the thing. If you go and you talk to Cody, and you go and you talk to the Young Bucks, all in, which I've I've said that it was a challenge from ROH. Um, I may be a little bit mistaken on that. I mean, like, that's what I thought was one of them. But I think it was more just it was a challenge to the Young Bucks and Cody because all of them were saying, hey, 
you've got all this buzz, but you're not going to draw, you know, 10,000 people or whatnot. You can't draw what the WWE draws without being in the WWE. And they were like, fuck that. We can do it. And they did it. They did it. And they did it again with Double or Nothing. Yeah. And they're going to do it again when TNT airs their weekly programming starting in the fall. Oh, and I guarantee it'll be the most watch, uh, wrestling program, uh, launch since Thunder. And, and I do know that Tony Khan has made a statement. I read it somewhere. Uh, I, I do believe he made the statement that he wants that very first episode to be like the very first episode of Nitro with a whole lot of surprises. So it's definitely going to be a much watch. And, you know, and like I said, folks, you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. So obviously the event took place uh, last night, but uh, or, or the, the night that, you know, the last night that, that this is airing, at least. And uh, there could be a lot of surprises uh, that I can't talk about right here because I'm not seeing them happening right now. Uh, but. On next week's episode, we'll go over that because I've got a feeling that we are in for a ton of surprises. One thing, though, that was uh, that was a bit of a surprise, but not in a good way, though, for this event, was the fact of there was a bunch of rumors and there was a bunch of, you know, shit started about the Hangman Page versus Pac match. And originally, uh, uh, well, the reports coming out about it was is the fact that uh, this match had been canceled due to creative differences. And I thought, okay, people are just trying to start shit. But then AEW itself releases a YouTube match that happens in Nottingham, England, where Hangman Page travels to fight Pac. And, uh, you know, they, they put the match up there. Because apparently it's not happening at uh, Double or Nothing. So it wasn't rumor. It actually is not happening. Um, which I watched the match and everything. It was great. It, it, it was awesome. But I would have loved to have seen it in front of an arena and in front of, like, better production and everything like that. So I'm still a little disappointed, but at least... They were able to somewhat deliver on the match. Right. And, and here's the thing. Yes, it was all over the dirt sheets. It was all over the place that, you know, Pac had creative differences. Uh, something to do with uh, he won a championship, I think it was in Japan or something. He won something. Well, it was Dragon Gate. Yeah. Dragon and Gate wants to do this storyline where he's undefeatable or something like that. I, right. I don't know. And he didn't want to lose at Double or Nothing. Apparently, that was a creative uh, path they were going to follow. Uh, so he just like blatantly disagreed. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to do a job. So this was the um, climax that they reached, that they would deliver the match to the fans. Uh, it ended in a double draw. Which, and- why couldn't they have just done that? Agreed, but uh, isn't the Hangman Page versus Pac match for the AEW Championship? I thought no. it was. No. It no? Okay. It wasn't. Okay, so no, they could have done fact, it. Wrong. That announcement was made uh, earlier on uh, this week, actually. Actually, today, uh, as we are recording this, that was announced that, uh, the, that there will be an elimination match set up, and it will be from the winners of 
the Battle Royal. And, uh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it'll be a bat, in the Casino Battle Royal, uh, the winner of that will face the winner of Jericho and Omega for, um, the brand new AEW title. Okay. So that's brand new news being broke right here. Yeah. Uh, and that was this, announced on uh, the Road to Double or Nothing, the final episode of Road to okay. Double or Nothing. And and far as I know with Pac, I, I don't know uh, how his relationship is with AEW at the moment. There's been a lot of speculation. Uh, a lot of people are uh, putting on the dirt sheets that he may not be with them anymore. Um <laughs> I'm not really sure, and I'm not going to speculate. So I'm, I'm, I'm not either. I'm not either because I don't know this. But again, you know, I, I heard one of the the reasons that they that they didn't put this on was is the fact of they didn't want a disqualification on pay per view or something like that. But I'm sitting there going, but I mean, y'all put it up on the YouTube, so I'm just like, why couldn't that just happen at all in? Why not? Yeah, or, it would have sparked a lot of uh, a lot of controversy and would have made for a great reason for everybody to tune into their next pay per view. But I mean, maybe they have their reasons. Maybe there's something bigger planned. Who knows? Uh, but we'll just have to, you know, we'll cover it next week. Uh, what actually happened with Hangman Page because his match was uh, rebooked, and we'll cover that next week. Well, I want to get your thoughts on the preview for Omega versus Jericho 2. <sighs> okay. Um, I didn't really get to see that there was a preview on it. Well, but, I mean, not, not, well, not, not necessarily that, that, that there's been a preview on it other than the road to double or nothing, but okay. just your thoughts on Just this my match thoughts going on in. this matchup going in. Yeah, Honestly, exactly. I did get to see that Chris Jericho has come up with a brand new finisher strictly for AEW. He has reinvent, he reinvented himself once again. And because he uh, is the fucking goat, is he, he not? Is. He is. He he is the goat. He is the greatest of all time. And Kenny Omega is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And their first matchup, oh my god, blew uh, a lot of people's brains out, so to speak. When it came to professional wrestling, because they tore yes, the house down in New Japan. But now, did you know that? Did, did, and and, and did, before you go on with that, because uh, uh, I've been watching a lot of Jericho interviews lately. By the way, I could watch Chris Jericho talk about the business for for thirty four hours straight and would not <laughs> get tired of him. Yeah. I mean, the way that he talks about the business, I, I, it's it's remarkable. I mean, I mean, that's why I'm just like, dude, this guy truly is the goat. I mean, just listen yeah. to him when it comes to talking about things uh, about the business. But it, it, it's funny though because at, after their first meeting, right, Jericho went in there and he did the lights, the the, the sparkly jacket. And he had on like, you know, the, the, the trunks that he was wearing uh, in WWE. And it's mm-hmm. funny because he was just like, this is just not going to work here in New Japan. This this character is not going to work here. And it's funny because, you know, Omega and uh, Okada, right? That was labeled as the six star matchup out of every matchup in history. Fuck off. Anyways. <laughs> 
it was a great matchup. But it's funny because those guys, they fight the same way. With Jericho yeah. and Omega, it was a contrast in styles. And uh, Omega has stated that he's like, I love the match with Okada. But I like the match with Jericho even more because it challenged, it got me out of my comfort zone. Which makes for great wrestling matches when you have a clash of styles and both men have to, you know, come up with a way to work the matchup that they're not used to. Yes, we've and, seen some of the best matches in history when it comes to that. Yes. So when it comes down to Jericho versus Omega 2, like I was saying, that match in Japan was amazing. Now it's on American soil, and I'm curious to see how they're going to work this when it comes to the American audience. Yeah, we freaking love um, the, the Japan style of wrestling, but you know, incorporating that into the American style of wrestling and you know, creating this atmosphere that's going to set the tone for AEW. Good God, the, the possibilities are endless. I am really, really looking forward to this matchup. And I really, really, really believe, you know, we, we said it, Jericho is the greatest of all time. Kenny Omega, he is one of the top-tier talents when it comes to professional wrestling. These guys Absolutely. are going to set the freaking benchmark when it comes to AEW and every other wrestling promotion in the United States. And that's They're why it's the main event. Home. So, and, and I can't wait to see what AEW has up his sleeve, like, completely, because, like, like you said, there's a ton more that hasn't been released yet. Uh, a lot of things that we don't know, a lot of uh, unknowns. Yes. And, it's, it's, it's and that's the exciting part. To be a wrestling fan. And yeah, I think and this, is, this is for wrestling fans, by the wrestling fans. Exactly. That's what makes like, this so great. Yeah, and, 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 and we haven't felt that kind of excitement as wrestling fans uh, in a long time. And, and it's interesting. We talked about, you know, Cody and Dustin, right? They're mm -hmm. facing at, they're facing at double or nothing. Have you heard some of the comments that Cody Rhodes has said that I want to get your opinion on, right? So he's, so he had this sit down interview, um, for AEW, right? Uh -huh. And he talked about how he's just like, he's actually like, He's like, I know everyone is marketing this as brother versus brother, but to me, it's generation versus generation. He's like, he comes from the Attitude Era, and Cody has stated that he absolutely despises the Attitude Era. He doesn't like the Attitude Era because he he thinks that he has seen four or five matches this year alone that have trumped anything in the Attitude Era. Hmm. Yeah. He, that he, is he doesn't like the Attitude Era because he, he said to him that that era was all about the entertainment, but it wasn't even good entertainment in, in his opinion. Like, he likes the stuff that Stone Cold did and everything like that, but he, he hates the bra and panties shit. He hated the, you know, everything else that they did. Well, I mean, if you look at it from a wrestling fan's perspective, and I'll be bluntly honest, uh, I completely agree with Cody. This is sad but true. And I, 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 and I was going to say I kind of agree with him. <laughs> I love the Steve Austin stuff because it was genuine. It yeah, absolutely. Sense. It's a guy who busted his tail for eight years, who worked his 
you know, rear end off to get to the top. And then the boss man decided he wanted to hold him down. How many times have we not had that happen in real life? But I agree with Cody. Some of the sleaze, the bra and panties matches, the toilet humor, stuff like that, we could have went without. What, what the attitude era, what, when the attitude era was really, you know, good was when you had those clashes of styles and egos that made compelling television. Uh, the bra and panties, the sleaze, the toilet humor. Yeah, none of like that, that was used for story. It's no, all just, it was used just for stock value. It was just filler. It was something funny or, or, oh, well, we can get the perverted side. We can get the teenagers because we're showing boobs and butt, you know. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just saying I agree with Cody on that. And, yes, there have been multiple matches over the course of the past few years that have topped a lot of stuff that have taken place in the Attitude Era, both in WCW, ECW, WWE, just, uh, I said both, that was three, but <laughs> those were the top three. And there were a lot of matches that a lot of people hold in high regard as this is one of the best matches of all time. But when you look at, like we just talked about, Jericho Omega, that trumps Rock Austin. Because that's right. the yeah. next generation's Rock Austin. Yeah, and, 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 and the difference is, though, is, is they didn't have the platform that the Attitude Era did. No, no. But now they do. They've got, and that's the beautiful thing about this day and age, is that you don't need television to make that happen. You have all this distribution. Where it used to be tape trading, now it's worldwide distribution through YouTube, Facebook, Skype, Snapchat, whatever. We're able right. to get anything and everything, so that's how we're able to see what's going on around the world. That's how Omega, the Young Bucks, Cody, all of them made their names. And, and built their legacies up. They already and, have and, a legacy and, before even stepping foot in AEW. But Same you thing. know, but let's let's let let's let's give credit though where credit is due, right? A lot of this is happening. I mean, I mean, we we can praise the young bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody, and all them, but a lot of this is happening. You know, some people might agree with them, they might not, but. A lot of this is happening because of Jericho. This because is true. Jericho brings, I mean, he legit brings legitimacy to all of this. Agreed. And that's why he posted uh, when uh, Double or Nothing sold out. He posted on his Instagram, y'all could thank me for selling out Double or Nothing. Yeah. I'm the reason why. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, you know, a lot of people want to see the Young Bucks area, but Jericho brings legitimacy. And Jericho and, brings the WWE audience. Let's just be honest. Let's because remember when when Jericho and Omega happened right in uh, the Tokyo Dome the first time, a lot of people said that. Well, a lot of people noticed that the New Japan World and the, the subscription rate went up about 70% because uh and a lot of people say it was because of that match it was and it was because Jericho was involved in it because a lot of people they knew about Kenny Omega but a lot of people didn't know about him so then when they hear what well, wait a minute Jericho he's a WWE guy what's he doing face of this guy I want to go and check that out they go and they watch that then they see the Naitos the the Tanahashis the uh um um uh, uh you know a bunch of people you know they they see everyone and yeah, that's and like the, what gets everyone here's the thing as soon as it broke on the um 
on the dirt sheets that Jericho uh, made an appearance and challenged Kenny Omega uh, for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, that oh, right the, the alone, internet exploded. The internet exploded, but also at the same time, a lot of people knew he was under WWE contracts. They're like, "What the hell is this? Why is he making an appearance in New Japan?" And why is he challenging Kenny Omega? And they went right to it and they started doing research and they started looking at everything. And then, of course, you know, they, they find out that New Japan has its own distribution uh, network uh, through in, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling World. And they start watching old matches and they start looking at Kenny Omega and they start looking at all these other matches that he's had. And it just built the fan base up. Jericho brought that legitimacy because people follow what's going on because – they're used to, you know, you stupid idiot, and you just made the list, and all of a sudden he's in New Japan talking about I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. So that was the funniest thing too, because it was because he did that actually at, at one time in a weekend. He went and he did a promo in WWE where he like sang a song and he did the stupid idiot, and he like you just made the list, and he did that. And then literally a day later, he posted on uh, his, like, Facebook or something, he posted a promo on Naito, and he was just like, Naito, I'm going to fuck you up. And I was like, what? <laughs> only Jericho. Jericho is one of the only performers in history that can make a complete fool of himself, but then 10 seconds later, he's like Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle could play this dork of a character and be this, you know, sleazeball heel that you just wanted to see him get his comeuppance and everything like that every single time. And he would be put in these embarrassing situations like, you know, the the shaving of the head, the, him getting pants and everything like that. And it was funny. But then 10 seconds later, Kurt Angle could come around and make you fear him, make you think, yep. oh, my God, that dude's a badass. Like, there's only very few performers in history that can pull that off. Jericho and Kurt Angle are two of those performers. I agree wholeheartedly. And I just I can't wait to see what he brings to the table to the table in AEW um, as they continue to try uh, to change wrestling and to give the fans something uh, uh, different. Because thank God they do. Because uh, now we got to <laughs> go on to what I just. I don't know if I really want to cover this, Chris. I'm not sure my brain can can take this anymore. I know uh, mine yeah. doesn't have enough cells for what we're about to go over. Well, we're about to go over the money in the bank uh, because it happened this past Sunday. Yes. And, uh, you know, some of it was actually pretty good. The women's uh, money in the bank. Uh, matchup was really good with an outcome I really don't think a lot of us predicted. I don't think anyone called Bailey pulling out the Money in the Bank briefcase, but she did. And then about two hours later, she goes and she cashes it in on Charlotte, who just won from Becky Lynch. Yeah. After defending it already. And I and again, will someone please tell me what the fuck the point was of giving her two belts in the first place? If she's just gonna I, I thought the whole thing was we wanted to unite it or something. It literally was just so they could try to make that WrestleMania moment that they fucked up in the first place yeah. mean more. And and, and and it's it's really true. Because here's the thing, right? There's a lot of reports and everything that are saying that, you know, uh, 
WWE starting to lose faith in, in Becky's popularity or is Becky's popularity fading? And I'm going, if it is, it's your fault because you didn't give everyone the matchup that you should have given. You should have given Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch for the title. No screw job finish. No nothing. Becky should have beat her clean in the fucking ring. But Agreed. You couldn't do that. You had to throw Charlotte in. And then you had to throw in this screwball finish of some kind, which a lot of people are like, was it planned or was it not planned? You know, like, and I'm just like, oh, just, and, and here is again, you know, I said it to James Kitchens last week. If, if this was supposed to be such a history making moment for the women, why was it not a one on one fight? Agreed. And, and that should, that should have been exactly what it was. But again, WWE doesn't believe in stuff like that. They always got to come up with, oh, we got to make the storylines or, you know, Charlotte Flair's the new Ric Flair. So we got to give her her moment of shine and she's got to have her own opponent to go against instead of this, that and the other. So uh, it's just a bunch of BS and they think it's for ratings and it's not. They're not doing anything but like driving us away with stupid stuff like that. Yeah, but then, Chris, let's get on to even more ridiculousness from WWE because me and James Kitchens talked about this last week. But I want to get your thoughts on this because when I heard about this, this was the stupidest thing I have ever heard uh, WWE do. And they've done some stupid shit. And actually, I'm going to get even more into that. But, yeah, so on Monday Night Raw... Roman Reigns shows up, shocking, and Vince McMahon is in there with the baby oil and <laughs> waiting for him in the middle of the of, of the ring at Raw. And Vince McMahon says that now there is this wild card rule where three superstars from SmackDown can show up on Raw. Or three superstars from uh, Raw can show up on SmackDown Live. And, oh, wait a minute. It's uh, two hours into the program. Let's change that rule and let's make it four superstars for some fucked up reason. What the fuck is this? Vince McMahon's mind going ape shit and him not thinking about what he's doing until the last minute. Uh, because he thinks it's such a genius idea, even though we've been doing this for the longest freaking time. And now he just wants to say, well, now we got this wild card rule. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and, and, and what's the point of the brand split? And then for this wild card rule, what what does that mean? Like, who gets to come over? Why do they get to come over? How do they get to come over? You know, nobody explained shit about this. It was literally just that literally was it, it looked like something that they legit pulled out of their ass and just said, here, here's a big turd. You know, yep. like, and, and that's what they said. It was Vince McMahon who just decided at the last moment, well, we're going to make this happen. And then the writers and everybody backstage going, what the hell did he just do? And they started scrambling around trying to figure it out. They still haven't figured it out yet. So, well, there's, well, th there's a lot of rumors and, and, and speculations going on about this. Do you think it has something to do with the TV deal with Fox? It might just have something to do with the TV deal with Fox, so they could pull uh, somebody from Raw to go over there if they need a ratings boost or something to that effect. 
Ah, uh, that, that's the only thing I could think of. But pulling a certain superstar for a show is not going to boost your ratings. Nope. The, the, it's like, not. Like, that's not going to happen. It's just, oh, my God. Like, it's everything dumb. that they knock WCW for in the Monday Night War DVDs and everything like that, yes, they are exactly doing that. They've got way too much television. Their product is oversaturated and everything like that. Their talent is oversaturated. Their storylines make no sense. Nothing does. But we'll get into that in just a minute. Let's get back to the money in the bank. Bailey becomes the money in the bank, but she cashes in two hours later to become the new SmackDown Live women's champion. And, dude, I'm not going to lie. This was a moment when the crowd legit got into this. They wanted Bailey to cash in that briefcase. Yeah. I mean, with everything going on with the Sasha Banks story and uh – you know, knowing that Bailey had a tie-in with that, a lot of people are behind her now. And a lot of people are behind, you know, Sasha, too. They're waiting to see what happens with her. But they legitimately wanted to see Bailey on top. How long has it been since we've seen Bailey as a women's champion? It's been, God, I can't even remember how long it's been. Uh, it's been about a year or so, yeah. maybe. So uh, maybe two her, years. For her to finally get that moment and to get it against Charlotte Flair, a member right. of the original Four Horsewomen. That means a lot. And now we legitimately have a good feud for Charlotte Flair against Bailey, which makes sense. Charlotte should never have been against Becky Lynch. And I don't think they really should have had that matchup take place immediately after. I, 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 you know, to set up for Bailey to have her moment, yeah, that's one thing. But it completely ruined the whole, you know, story of, what was supposed to happen with, you know, Becky Lynch. It just, right. I, I, I don't understand it. But, yeah. Well, you, uh, you know, I thought I thought if they really wanted to, to swerve everybody, bro. God damn it, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm not bitch off. I'm not a 70-year-old prick. Anyways. <laughs> uh, uh, chat me up. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, um, if they really wanted to throw a monkey wrench into that, they could have had Bailey cash in on Becky. Yeah. And then that, that, I don't know, that, that might have worked, but Bailey is your new SmackDown Women's Champion. I hope that this is the launch of something good for Bailey because she's obviously got the talent. She just needs to get out of this PG character that she's doing, like, it's just, it's too PG. She comes out hugging people, and it's like, girl, you got to fight. You know, like, exactly. in NXT, they were able to do that. Yeah, I don't so. I don't understand the whole PG character. You can't hug somebody to death. I mean, you could, but uh, that's figuratively. This is just different. Well, we I want mean, something just, more. Just, just how, like, bubbly she is and everything like yeah. that. It was the same thing with Becky you know, like, it's like people want to see you get a little angry. You know, they, they want some intensity. Exactly. This is wrestling. This isn't a, like the Wendy Williams show or anything like that where, where it's all smiles. Oh, my God. <laughs> we want some aggression, okay? We want some, we want some attitude. We want some intensity. We want that. We don't want what we're getting. Yeah, we don't want, yeah, we don't want it's time for hot topics. <laughs> 
<laughs> of wrestling, yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so moving along um, from that, uh, we move on to, I don't care what banner this is under, whether it's under the WWE banner, whether it's under an independent banner, you book this matchup, and it will by far be anything on the fucking show. AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins, just, oh, my motherfucking God. Yeah. I, are, I just, I just the, sat back in awe. Yeah, these are two of the greatest at WWE currently right now. And yes. Put them on the same card, on the same event, and just, you've got magic. And, got and the, the, the count, the, the curb stomp counter into the Styles Clash. When oh, he man. did that, I lost my shit, just like everyone else. Like, like everyone just lost their shit when he did that. And yes. everyone was like, oh! Like, and you thought it was over, but it wasn't. He kicked nope. out. And just, oh, my God, just what a matchup. And, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting that, that we talk about this matchup because – uh, there's been a report recently that AJ Styles had a sit-down interview, and he said that this contract that he has signed with WWE, which is going to be for five more years, he says, and I quote, this will be his last contract of his career. Hmm. He will not re-sign with W like he won't re-sign with WWE. He's not going to sign with another company. After these five years, he is done. Because Which makes perfect sense. It is. I mean, you know, he is 42 years old. I believe it's either 42 or 41. Um, but he is, he is, you know, 42 years old and he is, you know, he has done everything there is to do. Like if, 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 if I had to envision one of like I guess like the perfect career, it would it would look like AJ Styles. He made his name, uh, you know, in a place other than WWE. He yes. helped a company rise to fame. He helped you know the independence spark. You know, he helped spark the boom in the independence. He took a um a faction that was. You know, it was popular, but when he joined it, he took it global. Yes. I mean, he really did. And he, and he, he's been the WWE champion. He's headlined WrestleMania. He's done everything that there is to do. There's nothing left for AJ to do. And, you know, he's, he's getting to that age where, you know, he's just had a kid recently. And he does He wants to enjoy the simpler things in life. And nobody exactly. can argue with that. No. So. Absolutely. I, I, I can't hate him for it. And when he retires and everything like that, uh, I hope he gets a big send off because he deserves it. Yes. You know, like, not like they did with Kurt Angle with like, hey, just lose the Baron Corbin. Uh, just yeah. fucking. Anyways, well, it, stupid decisions that WWE continues to do. We move along to back to the money in the bank where uh, we have the money in the bank men's matchup. Now, before this, of course, we have to take one of the people out because why not? 
So we have Braun Strowman, who wasn't supposed to be there. He supposedly goes and attacks Sami Zayn, or they find Sami Zayn tied upside down, let's put it that way. Because Sami Zayn right now is one of the best promos in the WWE next to Bray Wyatt. And let's just let's just continue to treat him like trash. Yeah. Let's just continue to make him look completely ridiculous every single time. But I digress. So he's found hanging backstage and everything like that. And so he's out of the money in the bank. And so now what was what was eight is now down to seven, right? Mm-hmm. And we start the matchup, and they say that oh, there's going to be someone coming out. We all think Strowman, um, or something like that. But then the men go out there and have a hell of a match. I mean, good God, this matchup was awesome. Yes, I mean they were literally they were doing things where I was just like, holy shit! I did not think that was possible. I, I know one of the moments that, that that made me sit back and go, oh my god, was when Ricochet was literally thrown over the rope and went through the ladder. Yes, and, and didn't even move again. <laughs> yes, I thought he was really just dead. I was like, he ain't moving. Oh man, Ricochet is just that type of guy. Like, yes, dude, I legit. I think he and Will Ospreay, they're not human. I think there's something in their genes. It's like Julio Jones. I think that they're just not human. There's something in there that that there's something in them that allows them to do that because no human being should be able to do that. No. And, (laughs) oh, my God, that was amazing. The the stuff that Drew McIntyre was doing, I love Drew McIntyre. He is so under-fucking-rated, it's not even funny. He really is. And then, but then, no, one of the oh-my-God moments for me personally was the sunset flip off of the ladder from Andrade Cien Almas. Oh, I'm sorry, Andrade. That's it. Because sure. we have, because we don't like real names. So, but I'm still going to do it. Andrade Cien Almas, he does a sunset flip on Finn Balor, and Balor pops up from the ladder, like basically taking two bumps. And I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> like it was insane. And then the fucking Spanish fly from uh from Ali. I mean, just, just insanity. And even Michael Cole is just sitting there like, what is wrong with these guys? <laughs> like, oh my God, it was awesome. But then, uh, as per WWE always does, you take something awesome and you have to ruin it. Yeah, when Ali is climbing his way up to the ladder and he's about to, you know, what looks to like, get the briefcase off and I'm sitting there going, really Ali? Wow. This is going to be interesting. And then down, 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 and I just sat there and went, Oh no, my fucking God, you cannot be serious. And who runs down Mr. Part timer himself. Brock Lesnar, who, yeah, out, let's go and have these guys kill themselves. 
and let's just have this motherfucker run down and injure cameraman in the process and injure Ali in the process and have him go up and grab the briefcase, the money in the bank briefcase. <sighs> Stupidity. And the, and it's, uh, the, the, I, I, and that was my thing. I just, I just was like, I have no words right now, WWE. I'm not in shock in a good way. Like, like, I didn't leave in a good way. And I'm just sitting there going, I, why? I, 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 I don't, Lesnar is not a proven fact of helping ratings or selling out places. No. I don't care what anyone says. I, I do not, I don't give a shit. You can pull out. Any fact you can pull out any statistics that you want to. I don't give a shit. Lesnar does not draw like that, especially when you use him the way that you are using him. Yeah, he's just he's mediocre at best these days. I mean, even his biggest fan that we know, uh, William Blanchard, has also said he's not a fan of Lesnar's anymore because Lesnar's money hungry. He doesn't care about the fans or the business. He just cares about the paycheck. Yeah, and it's clearly obvious with that. And the fact of, like, you're supposed to be elevating new stars. You're supposed to be creating new stars. And with that matchup that you could have done, you threw all of that away. The only thing, and and the thing that should tell WWE that, hey, this was a bad idea, was is the fact of before he even grabs the briefcase, right? So there was a moment where, you know, he looked around and he was laughing at everyone. And then, like, he took another step before he grabbed the briefcase. Right. They showed the wide shot and you could see people leaving in droves up, making their way up towards the exit. They didn't stay around for this shit. That's how pissed they were. What I honestly wanted everyone what I honestly wished everyone would have done, to be quite honest, and I don't usually condone this, but I, I wanted to in this case, and if I was there, I might have done this. I'd have thrown some garbage in the ring at him. I'd have littered that place. I'd have been like, fuck this. Like, this is what we paid to see? Yeah. It, it's not what people want. It's not what well, we want. It, it's not. And you know what I thought? I thought, I thought, you know, they basically said this after that pay-per-view. They said, hey, AEW, take all of our fans. Basically. That's what they did. So if you didn't want anyone to know about AEW or to watch AEW, you should not have done that. No. And then what's great is, is, is everyone's reporting about how they were hiding Lesnar this whole time. They had him, you know, masked up and everything like, like, like they had him hidden backstage. I'm going, so y'all did all of that shit for that. That's, that's, I, I, Chris, I just don't get it. And I didn't let nobody know about the finish of the match until the, right before the match went out. 
Well, now, you know, I have to question reports about that because it's like, you know, you would have had to have been in that meeting room or seen that script in order to know that. I'm talking about the guys that were in the match. They didn't know who they the reports coming out. They didn't know who was going to win the matchup until right before the match was supposed to take place. Actually, a lot of people, from what I heard, were told like all of the wrestlers were told Ali was winning it. Yeah, and then they changed it at the last moment. I wonder if Ali stupid. knew that Lesnar was going to push him off the ladder. I don't think he did. Because they showed a picture of uh, Bro- uh, not Brock Lester, but of uh, Randy Orton, and the look on his face was disgust. Yeah, Orton was. And here's the thing: a lot of people give Orton shit, but at least I can say that Orton shows up for SmackDown. He shows up for when he's supposed to be there. Yeah, and so, he puts his body and his heart and everything into his matches. I mean, he does. I mean, you know, everyone gives him shit, and I get it, but. I, you know, I've always liked Randy Orton. I have. I've always oh, been yeah. a Randy Orton fan. I I especially loved him when, like, he went on, like, w- when he was feuding with Punk at Mania. Um, I liked him then, and, and I really liked him, you know, like, just through that whole run. But, yeah, I just, I, I don't understand the mindset. I don't get it. I, I, I don't see, what do they, you know. Why do they like this guy so much? I don't think it's the writers and the people backstage. I think it's more or less it's Vince. And we all know Vince's history of liking big, muscular men. It's the the, the demographic he looks for when it comes to WWE. Yeah, and, but uh, this, guy has been, this guy has been shown on video throwing the belt at Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon going, Hey, asshole. You know, like... Like why? Why do you want to put up with that? Here, here's my thing: you had no problem. You had no problem screwing over a guy that busted his ass for you, but you had, but you, but you're gonna make all of these, or you know, you're going to make all of these demands happen for a guy who barely shows up. Yeah, uh, and, and, and the guy that I'm talking about is Bret Hart. Yeah, I will never understand it. Uh, I'll never understand Vince's mindset and why he's doing what he's doing. But it's the reason why WWE is in the tank toilet right now. It is. And, and they think it's, they think it's, you know, all of these things and everything like that. But it, it, it's, it's because of bad booking. It's because of bad television. I mean, the only thing that has been good on Monday Night Raw so far has been Sami Zayn's promos and the Bray Wyatt Firehouse uh, Fun. Firefly Funhouse, yeah. Yeah, Firefly Funhouse. That has been astonishing. And again, I question how that's going to turn out because, one, it's WWE, and two, how is that going to translate into the ring? Does anyone ask that question anymore in WWE? Like how is this going to how is this going to translate into a wrestling storyline? How's it going to translate into the ring? That's what I think no one has asked the question of. I don't even think they care anymore. <laughs> I think well, it must be because Vince and Crow can kick the bucket. 
Well, it must be because the very next night they implemented one of the stupidest thing. I thought that the fucking, you know, wild card rule. I thought that shit was retarded. And then they upped the level of stupidity when they bring back the hardcore, ti- I mean, the PG version of the hardcore title, the WWE 24-7 title. Yeah, which is, oh, God. I just, yeah. I, I, I will say this. I will say this, though, Chris. You know this. As Augusta fans and Thompson fans all over, who was not marking the fuck out when they saw <laughs> Antoine Brewer come out of that fucking car and make the count? Yeah, and then raise our truce hand and leave with him. That was uh, that was great. That was I great. I, I just wonder if he was sitting there thinking in the back of his mind. I wonder if I kick our truth right now and pin him myself. Would that make history? <laughs> right. <laughs> And then, dude, there's all of these fucking memes and shit going around that, like, that, like, oh, our truth just got pinned in a, in a subway station or something like that. Now we got a new champ, man. I'm just like, no, we don't. But our truth is running around with what he says is the European title. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well that, be. That dude. is the most generic looking belt I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I'll get into that in a minute, but I will say this. Our truth is 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 the most entertaining thing right now. Yeah, he is. He really I, is. I will say that. So kudos to them for at least you know allowing him to be entertaining with it and shit like that. But I'm not gonna lie. I laughed my ass off when I saw Brewer the fireman fucking poke his head out out of that car. That was oh my god, I died laughing. But I mean, dude, when Foley pulled out the title. There was no reaction. No. Nobody gave a shit. One, there's already too many fucking titles as it is. There's There's 11 championships total in WWE right now. That's too many. Yeah. Nothing means anything anymore. The Cruiserweight Championship doesn't mean a goddamn thing. The tag titles don't mean anything. The Universal title, to me, doesn't mean shit. No. The only thing that means anything to me, remotely anything, is the WWE Championship. As the ROH, the ROH six man titles mean more than half, than ten of those titles in WWE. Yeah, and I agree with that statement. I, 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 I truly believe that. I, I think that the, like, I think that the ROH tag titles mean more. I think that obviously the ROH World Champion means more. I think that the New Japan, I think that the New Japan United States Champion means more than half of the titles in WWE. Yeah. And, and that's just a sad fact. It really is. But that's what happens when you have 11 fucking titles. But hey, let's just add another one. Yeah. Like, I, what, what? And then let's, let, I swear to God, I think that they listen to something to wrestle with more than they let on. Because I think that they went back and they went, hey, we noticed one of your highest rated shows was the hardcore championship one. Maybe we should bring something like that back. But we can't do it. It's not PG. 
Well, then let's just make the 24-7 rule. Like, oh. Yeah, that's just stupid. It is. But, you know, that's why now I'm so thankful that, that there's going to be AEW. There's going to be, you know, there is ROH. There is New Japan. Hell, there's Impact Wrestling even. You know, like, there is still, there's other wrestling out there. And I'm telling everyone, if you don't want to keep seeing this in WWE, then you need to go and watch these other products. Because they're not doing stupid shit like this. Yep. Now, some of them might do some stupid shit at times. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is you know, I mean, I mean, there, there, there's some, there is some stupid storylines going out there. But if you want to see good quality wrestling, one where the, you know, the competitors are not going to get buried every single fucking match, go and watch these other products. So, and hopefully that's what AEW will continue to do. We will cover everything about Double or Nothing on next week's episode. We're going to cover it from start to finish uh, because, like we said, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday night, and this is airing on a Sunday night. So Double or Nothing will have happened, uh, you know, at this last night that you are listening to it. So we're going to cover it on next week's episode and we're going to cover it right down to the bone. We're going to cover all of the surprises, all of the events happening at AEW. And I'm telling you, Chris, I don't know how, you know, all of what we'll cover here from WWE on this show, because I'm not watching WWE right now. No, it's, it's going to be all AEW. <laughs> I immediately like, well, well, hey, now, not just AEW. I'm, you know, ROH. You know me. I'm a Ring of Honor fan. So, yeah. so we're going to be covering those because I just, you know, like I said, I went to, when I went to the one in center stage, I had been to WrestleMania. Obviously, nothing's going to top WrestleMania. I don't give a shit if it was one of the worst booked WrestleManias uh, in history. It, it, it still was amazing. You know, like, it's WrestleMania. You can't beat that right now. But, like... You know, I've been to Nitros, I've been to, you know, all all of these other shows. And a lot of the WWE shows I've been to recently, I have not been impressed with. The one that I was impressed with was NXT. But that was even, to me, a simple house show. But it was better than anything that, you know, I had seen from the other house shows that WWE put on. But that TV taping from ROH and Center Stage of Atlanta... That was one of the best wrestling shows I've ever been to. I mean, that night I got to see the rise of Bandito personally. Like, that was amazing. Seeing that 10-man tag match, seeing everything that I saw in that match, seeing uh, Flip Gordon come off of the fucking balcony, you know, seeing uh, PCO, the villain Enterprises, and then seeing the one-on-one match from Bandito and uh Mark Hoskins, like, oh my God, it was just, it was incredible. But like, I, like I've said, everything that I've seen from ROH and AE, well, you know, AEW so far, but New Japan Pro Wrestling, Viral Pro Wrestling, PWX, I think all of those guys have had better products combined than anything that we've seen on Raw and SmackDown recently. 
I agree with that statement, and uh, I'm just looking forward to the future of professional wrestling. Uh, and hopefully, with everything coming out with AEW, uh, and you know their their new prime time slot on TNT, and just wrestling booming even more, maybe just maybe WWE will start changing their focus. I'm not guaranteeing it, but it's either change the ways or well, I hope that they wings. don't in in ways. I hope that they don't because. I want these other companies to succeed. We need places. We need places for the boys and girls to work other than WWE. And you need to be able to work in an arena or a stadium without it having the WWE brand under you. Agreed. And that's what I'm hoping with AEW. Um, I continue. I hope that ROH continues its success. And I do believe that it will continue. Uh, to rise in ROH because uh, I thought about this the other day, right? Someone mm-hmm. said that, you know, AEW, while, yeah, they're taking, you know, a lot of people's big stars, like, you know, they took the Young Bucks and Cody, who were pretty much ROH's biggest stars, and they lose their stars. But what that does is that makes way for other people to shine in ROH and get their spots. Exactly. Which is something that Ring of Honor has always prided itself on. Yeah, they've so. always made new stars when, when their big stars leave. They've always got someone else lined up. They they know what they're doing when it comes to making tap tier. It's account. that next man up mentality. Exactly. Which is something that it just seems like WWE doesn't have. The only thing that has that is NXT. And that's because they're trying to get to the next level. Well, that too, but it's also like, dude, I really felt like Vince, like, I feel like Triple H is kind of pissed at Vince for taking, like, Aleister Black and, um, and Ricochet up to the main roster because I think that he had some big plans for them. So, you know, I, I, I don't know, but, you know, who knows? We will have, we will cover it all. It's such an exciting time though to be a wrestling fan. The game is going to change forever and we're going to cover it all right here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. That's it for this section of uh, pro wrestling all around the world and everything like that from the big ones, uh, the big companies and everything like that. But, We will be right back after a word from TMB Studios, and we will cover local independent wrestling. You guys don't want to miss this, because I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Stovall, but I've got a lot to say on this one, so you might want to stick around. Absolutely. I can't wait. I look forward to it. It's coming in on the other side. Here's a word, though, from TMB Studios. It's the Stovall Wrestling Network, SWN. What's up, everybody? It is Blake Collins here with Chatter City. We are dropping the 411 on everything sports. It's baseball, football, basketball, anything and everything about sports, even the unique sports as well. Not only that, but we are also going to have spinoff shows related to the unique people within the CSRA area. Talking about music, talking about movies, different things like that. So you do not ever want to miss out on an episode of Chatter City because I guarantee you, you will not only learn something, but you also have a heyday and a half as well. This is Blake Collins signing off with Chapter City. Have a blessed rest of your day.
You are listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network on TNB Studios. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, the SWN. And it's time for our little section here that we call the independent section or the local indie uh wrestling section whatever you want to call it yes and um and first before i let uh chris go off on people <laughs> uh of course he's kind of hold me back a little bit folks i mean yeah i, yeah, I know i'm 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 legit like trying to <laughs> hold you back that's like trying to hold never mind anyways kid <laughs> let uh, hulk smash <laughs> Hope didn't smash. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he finally gets a chance to come on the program. He's probably going to pick you up and slam you like Loki and the Hulk. Dead. That whole scene's going to be recreated. Yeah, right. That'd be more like be more like me doing this to Bill. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> anyways, anyways. So, uh, I attended, um, uh, an event uh, that took place in uh, Aiken, South Carolina, or around that, uh, technically Graniteville, South Carolina. Right. But the Aiken area and everything like that. I was at IWE, Intense Wrestling Entertainment. I did a little ring announcing for them. And uh, and it was a pretty good show. Uh, we, we had such matches as uh, Anthony Henry and Ethan Case Ooh. opened up the show. Uh, so that was pretty good. We had Drew Adler versus Billy Brash. That one was a, that one was a damn good one. We had the debut of Casey Lennox taking on the returning Amber Nova. And, uh, Amber Nova, man, she's someone I'm really impressed with. Uh, uh, dude, check her yeah. out if you, if you've never heard of her. Amber Nova, man. Uh, she's been on such, uh, programs as Impact Wrestling and NXT already. So, you know, she's got a little travel in her. Yeah, she, she's one of those, uh, rare talents that, uh, tours around that actually can go and perform very well in the ring. So, yeah, Ambanova really, you guys need to check her out. Like, yeah, so and look also. out for Casey Lennox, who's also going to be at VPW soon. Check Ooh. out Viral Pro Wrestling as well. But, uh, back to IWE though, this matchup was great, yes. Uh, then we had, um, and I'm trying to remember it all, yeah, uh, the Gymnasty Boys were in the house. And man, uh, can I just say this? I think the Gymnasty Boys might be one of the most over tag teams here in the Southeast. Would, I'm would gonna, you not I'm agree? gonna one up you on that. They're, they're not just over, they're fucking uber over. Yeah. The Gymnasty Boys are just, my God! No matter where they go, they they get the crowd behind them. They got the, they got it. That's all I can say is they've got it, man. Yeah, yeah, they, they do. White Mike might be one of the most entertaining people I've ever seen, and um, also I never thought I would say this. Um, they are from the house of cheeks and yams. <laughs> yeah. I was but that told fits to say that so well, man. But I mean, ne- I, re- I remember watching a video of them. It came from of, of all places, Livewire Wrestling, where they found Adrian Davis's power glove, and White Mike put it on, and all of a sudden he pushed some buttons, and it 
grabbed his crotch and he couldn't get it to let go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the whole the whole thing was funny. And then Adrian walks in and looks at him. <laughs> you just gotta watch it uh, if y'all can find that online. I might post that to the SWN Facebook page just so people can see just how great the Gymnasty Boys are as far as promos and, and matches. Because I'm pretty sure we can find like some great matches with these guys too. But they are just phenomenal. Oh, Definitely uh, just one of the best tag teams uh, out there. They also took on uh, Y2X. And um, Dementia 13, which, of course, is Kevin Kurgan and Darkness. Yep. And Y2X, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, Brandon Preeb. No, uh, uh, Nick Paradise. Nick Paradise. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Nick Kinsmith and Brandon Paradise. Yeah, Brandon Paradise and uh, Nick Kinsmith. That's right. Um, And those guys, all of them, all honesty, very seasoned vets when it comes to the independent game. Uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Paradise and Nick Kismet, uh, they've been around for a good bit and they're very seasoned, very well toned and work great as a tag team. Dementia 13, Kevin Kurgan and Darkness just, my God, uh, you, you can't ask for a more, you know, cohesive unit. And right. to put all three of them, the Gym Nasty Boys, uh, Y2X and Dementia 13, uh, in a tag team match, Jesus, man, you just have a, a plethora of talent right there. And, you know, I'm an envy of you because I didn't get a chance to see that match in person. <laughs> You've got to fucking uh, call, basically, the, the talent out and sit there and watch this live. And Yes, I did. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it, it, it was quite fun. Uh, and it was for the IWE Tag Team Champions and your winners. And new IWE Tag Team Champions Y2X. Which so. is not surprising to me on that notion. Like I said, they're very seasoned, work mm-hmm. very well as a cohesive unit, and very well deserving of those IWE Tag Team Championship belts. So, uh, Y2X, hats off to you, congratulations, but just know, and you already do, I'm pretty sure, that the tag teams are going to be gunning for you in IWE. Oh, yes, absolutely, and and it's going to heat up, and it's going to heat up quick. We also had the New Age Championship on the line as Sean Legacy took on five men, five men, he took on Owen Knight, the working team captain, uh, Carl Hager, uh, and I'm trying to remember who all was was in this matchup. Um, just so many that that were in this matchup, but it was a fatal five way. Oh, uh, Hunter Young was in that matchup uh, as well, and then th- there were just a lot of people in that matchup. But Sean Legacy uh, was was your victor, and is still the IWE New Age championship and he will have a tough task soon with that um coming up late in iwe and everything like that but then you had your main event josh magnum took on yes i can't believe i'm saying this cameron cade for the uh iwe uh southern states championship and uh yeah um it was just it was an it, it was an insane matchup. Uh it ended though in disqualification and Cameron Cave was in tow with 
none other than Team Money. Yeah. And, and this, uh, this was already set up from the previous event that uh, Team Money was backing Cameron Cade as his champion. Yeah, I know. Which is, uh, which is interesting if you know anything about Bushida and everything like that. Um, so it, it, an interesting situation. Cameron Cade, though, is still your IWE uh, champion. Uh, and everything like that. Um, just a, it, it was a great all-around show. If you ever get the chance, go check out IWE. And you're going to want to do that very soon because in June they've got a joint show that's called War with I or with Bushida, I should say, with Pro Wrestling Bushida. So Pro Wrestling Bushida and IWE are going to war, apparently. And it's going to be an amazing card that will feature... One matchup that I am looking forward to in particular, uh, it will be Sean Legacy versus, are you ready for this, Chris? Anthony Henry. Wow. Okay. So let, let's just look at it this way. Um, because we know both men very, very well. We know Anthony Henry very well from the flatline days. Uh, yes. and, and, uh, with the rapture and everything he went through. And, and Sean Legacy, up and coming talent, uh, Southern States, uh, you know, well, not Southern States, I'm sorry, New Age champion in IWE, um, big time talent in viral pro wrestling. Yes. This is almost like looking, if, if you was to put these two face to face, it's like looking at the past and the future. Yeah. So to speak. And, we know Anthony Henry is coming up through the ranks, how much he endured and just how big he became. And Sean Legacy is almost on that same path, so to speak. So to put these two against each other, it's almost like a it's almost like Hogan versus The Rock or, you know, yes, in terms of the local scene. Yeah, down in terms here. of the local scene. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this matchup. It's yes. going to be phenomenal. No pun yes. intended. Right. But, yeah, I mean, Anthony Henry versus Sean Legacy, that will put – let me go ahead and uh, pull one off of old, uh, you know, one of our old friendly announcers. Uh, that'll put butts in the seats. <laughs> old Tony Schiavone. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Uh, just remember, lowest rules. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, chat me up. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, yeah. Um, oh my god! Desist. Quit using my shit. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's what's gonna happen. Or worse yet, Vince McMahon will just come in to buy us out or something like oh, that, so Jesus, we can't just do to anything. fire us. <laughs> right. So. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, IWE and Bushida, though, present war. Uh, that's gonna be, uh, amazing. Check that out. And you don't have to go to Midland Valley High in Graniteville, South Carolina to see it. It will be taking place here in Augusta, Georgia at the American Legion. Uh, yes. becoming a hotbed, really, for wrestling. Really is. A lot of things uh, going on at the American Legion. So, yeah. Definitely, you guys check out IWE versus Bushida War uh, yes. coming up real soon, and um, and yeah. also check out IWE in July at the American Legion when they present uh, a 
a tournament uh, which will feature all women to crown the first ever IWE Women's Championship. And, yes, and it, it'll be an all-women's tournament that will feature Amber Nova and Casey Lennox and such other uh, women athletes. Check out IWE on Facebook for more information on that. And on that show that will be doing a meet-and-greet for that show, you will have MLW's Selena De Renta. The emperor, the empresaris of Promosis de, uh, uh, Deliosis. I can't even say yeah, it. Yes. That, Don't that even try place, it. You botched it. I botched it terrible. Kick your ass because you botched it. <laughs> I will let her kick my ass. <laughs> I will like let. Her, I will like let her if it was Tessa Blanchard, but it's not. I'm sorry. What? What, what are we talking like. about? Anyways, <laughs> anyways, no. Uh, but Serena Del Rita. Will be in the house for a meet and greet. Also joining her will be Jake Hager, aka Jack. Sorry, yeah, Jack Swagger. Yeah. So he will be in the house, but that's not all. The biggest surprise that was announced on Saturday from IWE was on that meet and greet show. You will also have. Are you ready for this one, Chris? Um, I don't know if I'm ready for it or not. Uh, well, here it comes because he will be in the house. Joey Ryan. That's He's right. I said it. Party. <laughs> no, it is not his penis party, but he will be in Augusta, Georgia at the American Legion. And immediately when I heard this, I said, I said, IWE got Joey Ryan. How's he going to be allowed anywhere 15 feet anywhere near school? <laughs> And they said, and they said, and they said, well, this is at American Legion where it's a bar. And I was like, oh, well, okay, then that's how we got it. Yeah, that's exactly how we got it. Okay. That's how we got it. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's, so some big things happening here in Augusta, Georgia, even in the world of pro wrestling. And as I'm just going to go ahead and say it, folks, as, as we are recording this, I just finished watching AEW. We are going to cover what I feel was one of the greatest pay-per-views I have seen in like the last decade or so from start to finish. We will cover all of that on next week's uh, episode uh, as well as some other things which we'll get into a little bit later on. But check out IWE uh, Intense Wrestling Entertainment for more info and everything like that. Now, Last week, we presented probably our most controversial episode ever. Would that you we say? did. Yes, it was very controversial, and it got a lot of people's attention. Yes, but it, it did. And uh, one thing. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And I, and I was going to say, um, yeah, um, James Kitchens was on uh, last week, and James, you know, uh, can be controversial with his statements. <laughs> Yes. And, um, yeah, he had some things to get off of his chest, uh, when it came to viral pro wrestling and some of the reporting that's been done on viral pro wrestling and just some of the things some people, certain people have been saying. And, uh, he got to give, you know, his two cents and everything like that. Uh, but we're going to talk to the man that, uh, now 
is the master of of his two cents, I would say. <laughs> and that is Mr. Chris Dickens here. Yes. Okay, so I didn't get to officially make my statement on a lot of things that transpired over the course of the past few weeks in the world of independent wrestling. Uh, I watched it from the sidelines, and usually, Caleb, you know, I don't usually stick my nose into any kind of affairs going on in and around me when it comes to pro wrestling. I just kind of like let it play out a bit and just don't say anything about it. I just say, okay, it is what it is. Right. But as of late, and and I'm going to start off with the viral pro thing about the reports coming out of them um, basically fabricating their attendance numbers. Mm -hmm. Um. And this came out, and I really didn't pay attention to who was making the statements. Um, and I, I'm not going to drop any names because when you drop names, all you do is draw attention to the said people who are making those statements, which makes right. them even bigger. Because as Eric Bischoff said, controversy creates cash. And when you <laughs> when you label people out like that on, on certain aspects – now, don't get me wrong. The next uh, section I'm going to go over, the next thing I'm going to go over, I am going to lo- lay names out because – Truthfully and honestly, it needs to be done, but in this I'm not going to because then it just draws attention to said people and they don't need it that much. Yeah. I'm going to speak on my own personal experience with Viral Pro, okay? All okay. right. When I went to their show, um, what was it? What was the name of the show that I went to? Where the very Survival. first show. Yeah. Um, Survival. This was during Masters Week. And during Masters Week, they damn near drew 300 people in Thompson at the Sweetwater Gymnasium. Right. Now we're talking it's, about – It's usually irregular for yeah. us. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about Augusta, Georgia. We're talking about what used to be the hotbed of professional wrestling in the 70s and early 80s. Right. A place where a lot of people grew up and remember going and watching pro wrestling at the Bell Auditorium or mm-hmm. what is now the James Brown Arena. Um, looking at stars such as Magnum T.A. and Tully Blanchard, Arn and Ole Anderson, um, Ric Flair, Sting, Ricky Mr. The Wrestling Steve 1 Bo, and Mr. Wrestling, Wrestling 1 and 2. 2. Yes. My mother even got to kiss Mr. Wrestling number 2 because he went into one of the liquor stores downtown on Broad Street. Well, so wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about that on the show. That's a whole other subject, and I'm not bringing her on to have that discussion because we'll be here for hours talking about how yeah, never mind. Um, yeah, anyway. all right. Anyway. I've dealt with that image for <laughs> my whole life, Chris. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm glad to put that in your brain. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, you put them in Augusta. Garden City Classic, okay? Their sponsors help pay for this event. Okay, they made money off of this event. I'm pretty much guaranteeing it because every person that I talk to was looking forward to the Garden City Classic. Right. They were very interested in going to the Garden City Classic. Yes, they were. So I don't in any way, shape, or form feel that they fabricated their numbers or papered their event. And if you're going off of a picture alone, which is a lot of people saying that picture all just shows partially what's there – Oh, well, I'm sorry. Isn't there four walls in a fucking building? So we're missing the other side. It ain't WWE where all the production is on that side. The production is actually put behind the curtain. I know how viral pro works. 
they make sure that all the seating is available to the fans. They don't yeah. take half the fucking section up to set up pyrotechnical booth and sound system and stuff like that. They're actually smarter than that. They actually want to make money. They want to bring in fans. They want the fans to have a good time. So I yes. never, ever in any way, shape, or form want to hear another, excuse my language, motherfucker state any kind of thing that viral pro wrestling or its owner or the people behind the scenes or the talent there are making a fabrication about how many people were in that building. Because point blank – I, I, I'm sitting here, and, and a lot of people are like, wow, Chris is really defending a promotion here. I'll defend any fucking promotion that has the authenticity to do right by the fans, by the boys, and everybody else. And Viral yeah. Pro does right by the boys, does right by the guys and girls who work behind the scenes, and does right by everybody involved, sponsors and fans alike. They don't fabricate shit. They don't put anything behind and hide anything. They put it all out in the open. And I like that about Viral Pro. I sat there and watched Joshua Hancock, the owner of Viral Pro Wrestling, going around and talking to his fans, going around and talking with his talent that he's brought in and making sure that each and every one of them are taken care of, making sure that each and every fan is having a great time and making sure that everybody in that building is Enjoying themselves, having a great time, and making sure that what he sees as pro wrestling, what he wants as a fan, he's bringing to his fans. He's bringing to his talent. And everybody that works with him has the same vision and the same purpose. So any SOB out there in the wrestling world, whether you be in the business or you're just a smart mark thinking you know what the fuck is going on, you make one more fucked up statement about viral pro wrestling – papering their door or fabricating their numbers or not taking care of their talent, you will hear my voice. I don't need James Kitchens or anybody else to step up and make the statement that things that, that, that Viral Pro is doing good because I've seen it. And when I make a statement like that, you better take it as truth because I don't usually make these statements very often. This is it very so, true? So that's what that is on that part and of course if if anyone you know knows you uh at all you know just hearing your voice alone is torture enough so wow okay thank you very much um next week i will no longer be on the Sorry. show we're gonna replace me with uh justin hancock <laughs> so oh damn like it <laughs> well caleb I really didn't like the match. It was okay. Um, <laughs> That's, that is uh, sad but true. It's like Metallica. Love you, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> you just put a Metallica reference right in the damn record. Okay. I uh, know, right? Also check out 19.89 WCMS whenever he gets another episode up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Whenever I can stop being this thing called lazy on that. Anyways, yeah. No, uh, no, 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 uh, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, uh, and everything like that. And, you know, the, the people saying, you know, shit about it and everything like that were pissing me off because it was just like, man, I was there, you know, 
commentating and everything like that. And when people make statements that weren't even there like that, that piss that pisses me off because it's like telling a musician that their song sucks and they've never picked up an instrument before in their life. Like, you know, it, yeah, it's exactly. Just, it's stupid. But, you know, I, I think the thing that, that really blew it up was the fact, you know, that this guy claimed that he had a source and everything like that. And it's just what like, well, what source do have... you have? That's, that's what I, and that's, that's what the I'd thing love is, Everybody here locally is connected to the wrestling scene. Everybody here locally either works or knows someone who works for every promotion in the CSRA. So if right. you have a source, then in all honesty, your source is bullshit. There yeah. is no source. What's your source? You were peeking through the window while fucking papering people's cars with your own flyers? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that that was my thing. I was like, I was like, if there was a source that you had. You know, I'd love to meet him because I was backstage, and I can tell you right now, nobody uh, knew who this guy was. Jesus so. Christ, what's what's Mr. Five Stars Rating's name again? That's how much he doesn't matter to me. Right, um, Mr. What, Meltzer. Yeah, Mr. Dave Meltzer, okay. I'm going to make a reference uh, using Dave Meltzer. I was listening to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, and they were talking about collision in Korea, okay? And uh-huh, chat me up. Chat me up, yeah, and um, <laughs> what's funny is that he brought this up, that uh, Dave Meltzer had reported about something that went on backstage at this show in Korea with Ric Flair and, and, and them, and Eric Bischoff goes, how the fuck did he know what happened in Korea? He wasn't even fucking there. <laughs> and, yeah. And um, Conrad goes, well, he says he has a source. He goes, what fucking source did he have? Nobody could talk to anybody. <laughs> He said nobody knew we were even fucking over there. Exactly. So, so that's exactly what this is. There's no fucking source. Either you were peeking through the window because you were jealous of a show that actually was put on better, uh, actually professionally um, crafted and made by the fans, for the fans, and you just said, okay, how, how do I bring this down? Okay, I have a source, and you papered your fucking event, and you fabricated your numbers. Either that, or you just said, fuck it, I'm just going to make up a story. And then I'm going to sell said story to somebody else and make people believe shit happened. Never fucking happened, okay? Viral Pro draws big numbers, because Viral Pro busted their ass for many, many years to grow this fan base, and yeah. to make this fan base what it is, and to make this product what it is. They didn't sit on their ass and do absolutely dick, and it wasn't handed to them on a silver platter like some others in the in the area, who's mm. uh was just handed shit on a silver platter. Mm. Um, so, straightforward and to the point, why can't we all just agree that Right now is the best time for independent wrestling here in the CSRA. We're fucking bringing wrestling back to Georgia, to the CSRA where it belongs. Augusta used to be a hotbed for wrestling, as I said before. Why can't we all just fucking get along and make it bigger than it needs to be instead of being so fucking competitive? Uh, yeah, absolutely, because it, it, you know, it all it hurts is the boys. Exactly. And girls. It hurts the people who are involved with the with the wrestling who are making it the fucking promoter all they do is provide the money the building and the ring the talent is what fucking makes it and you are the person as the promoter who makes the talent 
feel welcome, want to come in and want to work your show because of your professionalism and your ability to showcase that, hey, I want to do this the fucking right way. Let's do it the right way. Let's build it. Let's make it happen. That's how Flatline Pro was popular because Chris Wiggins, Daniel Main, and James Kitchens did things professionally. They did it the right way. They walked away on their own accord. And who picked up the ball? Joshua Hancock. He wanted wrestling to stay in the area. He brought viral pro wrestling in. He went and asked Antron Brewer for permission to run in Thompson, Georgia. He did everything the right way. And he continues to do things the right way. And James Kitchens is right there with him. And all these other guys and girls who work backstage at Viral Pro are right there with him. And you know what? TMB Studios and SWN is right there with him. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. um, And like I said, uh, Viral Pro Wrestling just keeps growing and growing month in and month out. And, uh, you know, if if you want to find out more info about Viral Pro Wrestling, visit them at uh, on Facebook at Viral Pro Wrestling. And if you want to reserve your tickets for June 8th, that will be, that will be in Thompson, Georgia called Outbreak and will feature the, uh, uh the appearance of, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Visit mm-hmm. vpw.ticketbud.com for all of your ticket information. You could go ahead and buy your tickets now, reserve them, whatnot. Uh, and everything like that. And be sure to follow, uh, SOS Custom Wrestling Network to watch future and past, uh, um, VPW events. And, uh, well, you were here, well, where you will hear, I should say, sorry, I can't talk right now, where (laughs) you will hear, uh, yours truly on, um, uh, commentating for Viral Pro Wrestling. And man, it's just, it keeps growing yep. and growing every single time. And, uh, I look forward to it. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how many, uh, paper numbers we can come up with for our next <laughs> show so that everyone and, has, and, you and know, to stuff, the, right? And to the ones who made that statement, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. Mm-hmm. You want to see if this show is papered? You want to see if this show is fabricating their numbers? I'll make this offer. Come and sit with me at the TMB Studios booth at the next show at Outbreak. Oh. I invite you to come along and see just how big Viral Pro is growing. Well, I'm and not then sure. I'm going to get I'm, your I'm, response I'm, right there on the show. Well, I'm not necessarily uh, – I, I mean that, 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 would be, uh, that would be an interesting um, sec- <laughs> uh, session there. I'm not sure, though, that uh, either of said gentlemen are going to be allowed. Uh, <laughs> to come, so <laughs> probably not, uh, probably not. But I'm putting the offer out there. If they'll allow it, I'll buy your fucking ticket. Sit beside me, watch the show. I'll even buy you a hot dog so you could choke on it when you finally see how many people are really there. <laughs> now yeah. we're done with the viral pro thing. Yes, I've got um, one more subject matter to touch on. But before I do that, will you kindly go ahead? I know it's eating you up alive. You want to make this announcement, go ahead and make the announcement, and then I'm going to touch on the subject matter surrounding this announcement. Yes, absolutely. Well, last week we covered right here, we covered the incident that everyone was talking about uh, from North Carolina, from the RWA, the Revolution Wrestling Academy uh, promotion, the Brad Anderson incident, or incident, or as I like to call it, the shithead incident. <laughs> uh, it. Yes, he shot on uh, 
on uh, Jacob Ryan, uh, a very unexpected uh, attack and everything, a very cowardly attack. Um, I'm giving you the PG version of that, folks, because I'm sure you'll hear the rated R version in a minute. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Not the edge uh, version, yeah. but the, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or, yeah, or N17 version. It's like the grindhouse version of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, um, but I am happy to announce that Jacob Ryan, the man that got attacked, will be right here on Stovall Wrestling Network SWN. The very, our next episode, next week's episode, we will have Jacob Ryan right here to discuss the incident, to hear uh, in his words, what happened, um, you know, and, and everything like that. I will go ahead and tell everyone that you won't hear certain things about it, you know, because it's an ongoing investigation and everything like that. But we will talk to him about uh, what everything or what led up to the incident, um, you know, how he's feeling and everything like that and how he seems to have prospered from it, from all of the bookings. Uh, that are currently on his Facebook. Check out Jacob Ryan on Facebook. And uh, if you're a promoter out there, get this kid booked because uh, he's got the goods. And he Hashtag will be right Jacob here. Ryan. Yep. Yes, and he will be right here on SWN. You heard me correct. It'll be one of our biggest interviews ever. SWN, Stovall Wrestling Network. Jacob Ryan will be right here next week uh, to talk to us exclusively and i can't wait to have him on and chris i know that you didn't get to give uh your opinions on this and i knew and i know that you are itching to get yeah. your two cents uh, on this my one. fingers on the trigger and i'm ready to uh as my buddy bill blanchard would say shoot <laughs> but <laughs> the reason i i want to make a statement on this is because as we all know, I've, I've not made this a point to where, you know, it's been a secret. I used to promote, uh, pro wrestling. It wasn't like on a really high level, but I used to promote pro wrestling. Uh, just like I promote SWN, just like promote stuff on TNB Studios. I am a promoter of talent. Yes. Um, and a lot of people, I never knew that a lot of people still take my word very seriously. Uh, and the reason why I didn't know this is, uh, I guess it was just sheer stupidity on my part, but it really became, you know, aware when this incident came to light. Uh, I saw James Kitchen's post about, um, somebody attacking Jacob Ryan. I didn't know who Jacob Ryan is. I did my research and found out Jacob Ryan is, you know, a, an up and coming talent in the professional wrestling game. He, he's got a few years under his belt. Um, and he works out of North Carolina. Um, right. Okay, I didn't know what the incident was. Neither until, did I. <laughs> yeah, until the video was shared with me. And then the pieces fell together. First, I didn't know what the hell was going on. All I know is I'm watching this big, bald guy cut a fucking promo in the middle of the ring, and it sounded very terrible. Um, and I'm like, okay. And, and I felt like this was a work shoot to start with. Until the bell rung, and then I hear, um, I, I, I his name is Brad Anderson, you but I prefer, fuck. you, you call him that, I call him ass lips. Um, <laughs> because all he did was talk shit. 
so when the bell rung, immediately he whispers to Jacob, what was talked about in the back ain't happening. And no, he, he didn't pers- whisper it. Oh, he said it. Because the fans, the fans outside the ring even made it clear. He just said what happened in the back ain't happening. Yeah. Um, so he proceeds to shoot on Jacob. And then Jacob's calling for him to get off of him. The referee's not doing a fucking thing. And then he flips out of the ring with Jacob, proceeds to punch him, knee him, lift him up, and drop him on his head on a hardwood gymnasium floor. I was yeah, that was yeah that if if I could I mean I said it last week but that was the part that I mean I I you know I, I don't usually get squeamish or or turn away from stuff a, a lot of times I had to turn away and then like when I turned like like I turned away and then I got up like like I got up from my chair in anger. Yeah, like, like I it sat infuriated here, me. I sat here and watched the the video, and I kind of like got squeamish watching it, and I was worried about Jacob, you know. And I saw the boys run from the back to go out there to see what was going on. Um, I see this big bruly ass lip motherfucker walk out to the back without nobody even remotely doing anything to him, and then I make the statement on Kitchens's page that. I was very offended by what I saw and that I wasn't going to use Facebook as my platform. I was going to use this. <laughs> so, so did I. That's why I created this show. <laughs> yeah. So and Kitchens was right on board with it. Now, here's the fucked up thing. And this is what made me realize how far my word actually carries, how far James Kitchens word actually carries and how far SWN actually carries. The promoter of RWA, Julian Strauss, messaged Caleb Kitchens, but also messaged me. Yes, this was uh, something that you told me, and I was like, what? Yeah. He messages me and tells me I never had any intention for Jacob to get hurt. And I immediately told him, as a promoter, you should never have booked this match. I originally wanted Julian on this show. I actually made him the offer to come on SWN to talk about his side of the story. But he's like, if there's an ongoing investigation, we're going to be backing Jacob, and uh, I'm not going to be on the show without Jacob's uh, blessings, and I'm not going to do it if there's an ongoing investigation. There was so many – there was so much bullshit in those statements alone. Yes, and and, and for the fact that you – Four hours later, after this video broke online, you post not only on your personal Facebook page, but the RWA Facebook page, apologizing to the fans and apologizing to Jacob Bryan and trying to backpedal. And then all of a sudden, all these other stories start coming out from uh, White Mike, from um, other other wrestlers who were there, and, and even from um, such people as Johnny Fairplay, who was there as a special guest commentator that night. Yeah. You made the statement that you knew this was going to be a shoot, that you knew there was issues with these two because they had a matchup um, a few months back. I don't know if it was a month back or a few months back where um, Brad Anderson, Mr. Asslips himself, uh, <laughs> was involved in a match. And Jacob Bryan comes out. Cuts no, 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 not, 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 I have to, I have to correct you on that. Not, uh, not Brad Anderson, his son. 
his son. Well, Brad Anderson was supposedly there. And okay. Brad Anderson, Jacob Ryan called Brad Anderson um, old and washed up. I can't remember the exact words. Well, he called him like, I mean, like he, he said he was a job. According to that little shoot promo that Brad cut uh, just before the incident, um, according to him, uh, Jacob called him a jobber or something in the something, um, in a promo that he cut. It, or something it was like it was that. to the point where but, it was uh, just... but but let me just let me just say two words. Let me just say two words on that. All right, just two words, just two simple words. Uh, Zane Pelvin or Zane Brit. Wait, what is this goddamn jobber name? Oh, that's right. It's not worth remembering. Exactly. Because nobody gave a shit. Because he wasn't nothing like his father. Yeah, I, I, for my, my thing was, was, was they were saying he was part of the Anderson family. I was like, really? Because I just know three Andersons, Oli, Arn, and Gene. And those are the only ones that you need to know. Yep, and Gene Anderson is the one that supposedly his father. He carries his boots to the ring, which. Which is, you know, okay. You carry your father's boots to the ring as part of carrying on a legacy. Gene was just as fucking nutty. And Oli, we're not getting started on fucking Oli. Oli's batshit crazy. Yeah, you know what? They're batshit crazy, but at least those guys did business. Exactly. And this guy didn't do business. This guy took it personal because your son, who is trained by George South, of all people, George South is training your son. And he gets to the ring and he takes a fucking bump wrong and he hurts himself and he doesn't want to tell you because he feels like you might be disappointed in him, which lets you me know right then and there. Bullshit. Yeah, lets me know right then and there you're a fucking abusive father. If your own son is not willing to tell you that he got hurt in the ring because he made a mistake, that you'd be disappointed in him. That makes me think in the back of my mind, why would he not tell you that if, if you're going to be disappointed in him? It ain't because he wants to, uh, you know, prove something to you. It's because he's afraid of what you're going to do to him. So then you want to take it out on Jacob Bryan. Now I see why your son was afraid to tell you that he messed up and got hurt. Because what you did to Jacob Bryan was probably what you were going to do to your son. And uh, for, you to, well, for you to make the the call, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Caleb, but I got I got to get this off my fucking chest. I am literally I got you. okay. For you to make the call to Julian Strauss. To have this match booked, yes, I said it, you made this call, and Julian, you agreed to it. Yeah. As a promoter, you're supposed to protect every single one of your talent in that building. If you knew there was heat, you don't book the fucking match. You don't put them together. You made a statement straight to me that you knew there was heat, but you thought everything was fine because they shook hands and said everything was cool. Okay, they're not Ric Flair and Eric Bischoff. They're not no. Magnum T.A. and Tully Blanchard. Okay? Right. They're, they're not on that caliber level. And Brad Anderson, if you would have looked at his history, you would have realized he has problems. Lots of fucking problems. He's been on uh, – he, he, he uh, was arrested for um, stealing people's information to get prescription drugs. He had a prescription drug uh, addiction. And then he was yeah. robbing people's houses. You don't fucking do business with people like that in the wrestling business. And he has been booked in 22 years. Exactly. So you did this out of spite because he off, he made an offer to you. And then when all this went down, you didn't do anything. You told the boys in the back there was going to be a shoot. And then yeah, when shit got I, out of hand, what'd you do? You backpedaled. 
You set Brad yeah. Anderson on his way, you paid him his money, and then you <clears throat> let him go. But then it bit you in the ass. It bit you right in the ass. Because you come to people like me, you come to people like James Kitchens, and then you've got the whole fucking world talking about it. You've yeah, got the literally. likes of X-Pac. You've got the likes of Austin Aries. You've got the likes of uh, uh, even Daniel Maine, who works here, uh, who used to work here for Flatline Pro, messaging me and me and him. We've never really talked about anything promoting-wise in years. But this subject right here hit a strong point with us to where we're both agreeing it should never fucking happen. And Julius Chris Ross, Wiggins. I'm telling you – go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Chris Wiggins even commented on it. Saying like like saying that, um, you know, he he was watching the video and he said that man, I I could tell just by the promo that things were gonna go south. Exactly, guys who are very well, you know, matured in the business know when something's wrong, and, and promoters we have an eyeball for that. You did this shit on purpose, Julian. You backpedaled after the fact because it came and bit you in the ass. And then then, when the whole wrestling world turned against you, you cease and desist operations at RWA. Because you know no one's going to fucking work for your dumb ass now. You you did this. Not only did you do this at a live show. You did it in front of kids. And you You did did it in front of families. You did it in front of kids, and he did it during a live television taping. Yeah. So what were you going to do? Were, were, were you going to show that piece of shit on television? Or, like, like, What happened if Jacob was to die right there? Were you going to use that to promote your business? What the yeah, fuck is I, wrong with you? You're I, a yeah. human being who needs to be tied up, castrated, tarred, feathered, and beat with a fucking whip. Yes. I, I, I mean, I don't usually – you know, condone that kind of stuff, but I agree in, in, in this instance. I mean, you might as well have flown the plane into the Twin Towers. If I yeah, had like, my way, if I had my way, Julian Strauss, if I was in North Carolina, I hope you're fucking listening to this. And I hope you, I'm in Augusta, Georgia. Come down here and fucking find me, you piece of shit. Find me, because I guarantee you when you find me, you're going to find a whole bunch of people behind me. We're going to beat the fuck out of you, tie you to a tree. Uh, two, it's going to look like Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport. You're going to be tied to two trees. But instead, we're going to make sure that we pull these trees apart to split your fucking balls that you don't need to have. <laughs> because exactly that's what it is. You're fucking gutless. You're ballless, and you're a piece of shit who never should have been in the business to begin with. And Brad Anderson... Oh, for the love of God, Brad Anderson, please contact me because I really want you on this show so I could tear your fucking asshole apart. Because yeah. I really think you're the worst fucking you. person to come out of wrestling <laughs> business. You. Yeah. <laughs> me and Caleb will rip you a new fucking hole because you made the simple mistake of the one rule, the one rule, the one fucking rule that everybody in the wrestling business is trained for. And that's to take care of the person in the ring next to you. The person that you're looking across from you is the person you're supposed to be taking care of and vice versa. You broke that fucking rule. You broke the cardinal rule. And guess what? The next time anybody, anybody sees you or even hears from you, it's going to be hell to pay on your part. I feel sorry for you because you're a marked man. I, I don't feel sorry for him whatsoever. Okay, uh, I, I, I don't feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for the person that has to stop him because then they have shit on their shoe. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Um, I, 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 I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, right I'm, there. I'm, I'm the, done the, on the, my the tirade, that, but Jake and Brian, I'm looking thing, forward. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it, sorry. Sorry. Uh, you know, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, just to continue on that real quick, the, the, the thing that I keep going back to, <clears throat> and it's what White Mike said, uh, in, in the video. Um, you know, what if, like, like, let's just say, what if they had still been in the back and they had been in another room, you know, going over their match and everything? I don't really care if we're exposing the business right now. Like, if, if they were in the back and everything like that and they were in another room and they didn't see anything, what, what then? Like, thank God White Mike was just, just happened to be there, just happened to look out and that dumbass fuck Learn, uh, looked at him and said, and said oh, it's big. It's fixing to be a shoot, brother. It's fixing to be a shoot. Like, so thank God he said that because that, that to me is the only reason that Jacob Ryan is, is alive right now. Yeah. And, so. and, and I mean, it's, but you know, it's not just Brad Anderson. You know, that, that's the problem. And, and Julia Strauss is, is the thing. Why didn't the referee do any goddamn thing? Yeah. Why didn't or, security jump in? Who, like, like, the man is screaming for his life. Get off of me. He's hurting me. And you can tell the difference. Like, White Mike even said that. Like, you can tell the difference when someone is screaming for their life. Yeah. Like, 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 you could tell it wasn't a work. And it just uh, and, well, and like I said, uh, Johnny Fairplay made the statement. He he felt like looking at the security and everything, they were pretty much aware of what was going on, and they were pretty much probably told not to do anything. That was that was apparently some of uh, what other people were saying that security was told to be lenient. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, go fuck your lenient security and exactly. your lenient ass prom uh, promotion. Which doesn't exist anymore. And if it ever rises back up again, best believe that I will be making a trek to North Carolina to shut the some bitch down. Julian Strauss, you're put on blast right now, and you're put on a warning. If you ever, ever, ever fucking come back into the wrestling game again promoting, me and a whole bunch of other people are going to be right there to make sure that you're done. That it shuts down immediately, because you don't belong in the wrestling business, period. And, and, you don't belong in wrestling at all. If anybody ever books you again, I hope it's just to whip your fucking ass and throw you out on the street. Yeah, I mean, I, I really couldn't have said it any better. And I just want to take a minute. We we did it last week uh, again, but I'm going to do it again. Um, shout out to White Mike, Timmy Lou Retton, uh, Blanco Loco, Joey Osborne, Ellie. Um, Chance Riser, James Johnson, who was just in the goddamn crowd, you know, like just watching the show. Thank God he was there because, uh, you know, they, yeah. and a lot of you guys, I, them, yeah. And a lot of you guys that were just mentioned, I will be seeing guys and gals. Uh, I will be seeing you at viral pro at outbreak. I will be personally thanking you. Uh, for doing your part and being there to save, uh, as as we all know, one of your own brothers. 
so thank you for that, and I'll thank you in person uh, when I see you at Viral Pro. And listen, or if you I, know. Or, sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, or whenever I do see you, if I don't see you at Viral Pro, I probably will see you guys somewhere eventually, and you will get my thanks. Yes, uh, absolutely, and and that goes for me as well. Uh, it, 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 here's the thing, you know, we 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 mentioned it earlier, but th- there have been some of the most personal. There have been rivalries that that the crowd and the audience at home did not realize how much these two hated each other, you know, or or something like that. But you know, at the end of the day, they all did business. Exactly. They did business. They realized. Listen. We're going to get it. Listen, everyone takes cheap or not cheap shots. Everyone takes stiff shots with each other. In fact, if you if if you're best friends, you hit each other harder. You know, like there's things that people do. But that's the trust that you have with someone in the ring of which this guy broke on so many levels. And yeah, it's just a disgusting act. But like we said, when, when a dark situation like this happens, some something's going to come into the light. And Jacob Ryan has prospered from this. Uh, he has gotten bookings uh, like crazy. Um, there's been the hashtag book Jacob Ryan. There's been all of this support from the wrestling community and everything like that. And <clears throat> like we said, he will be right here. On the Stovall Wrestling Network, we will have an exclusive interview uh, with Jacob Ryan about this incident. Talk about how he got started in the business and everything like that. Talk about his journey so far and talk about what has happened since then and all of the bookings he seems to be getting and everything like that. Now, I can't, I'm looking forward to this, Chris. I am too. And Jacob Ryan, I know you're listening. We've already chatted back and forth to set this thing up. But I am definitely looking forward to talking to you. You have my admiration. You have my respect. You, you've taken this situation and you flipped the script and you've pretty much stuck it back to, you know, the booker and your opponent from that night. So I can't wait to have you on the show. I can't wait to talk with you about your career, uh, about how you got in, about how things went on. And, and Stovall is, I know he's dying for it. So we're yeah, really looking yeah. forward to it and just thank you and, Promoters, if you're listening to this, hashtag book Jacob Ryan. It's not a fad. It's a real deal. Book this guy. He'll add to your show. Just point blank. Well, he showed his toughness as well. I mean, you know, he he got manhandled. And, you know, okay, if we just want to give just a, you know, just a little bit of it, you know, uh, he he took an ass whooping and everything like that. But he prospered from it and everything, and he showed his, his his grit and his toughness and everything. And so, yeah, he deserves to work for places that won't do that to him uh, like that. And there are places out there. You know, there are shit promoters, obviously, and everything like that. And, you know, if, you, if you're out there, you just got to – you got to make you, – you know, see who you're doing business with. Exactly. You know? So – but, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. And everything like that. We're going to take a break for a second. I'm going to let Chris calm down uh, for a second because I can see the steam still steaming out of his ears and yeah. shit like that. Uh, yeah. So we're just going to take a break. We're going to woo and <laughs> come back. And we will be back 
with more Stovault Wrestling Network, and we're going to take a look at AJ Styles. Don't go away. What's going on, world? Chris Dickens here, and I'm going to talk to you about the newest addition to the DMB Studios lineup, Back in the Game. Join myself every Friday night as I go over a classic video game that you may or may not have heard of. I will talk about the impact the game had on a society as a whole, as far as us gamers go. I will also talk about the development cycle of the video game, and I will exclusively play said title right here on the podcast and give you my insight and my experience playing the video game. You don't want to miss this new podcast right here on TMB Studios. It's going to be great. So go ahead, fire up your old console, pick up that controller, and get back in the game with me, Chris Dickens, exclusively on TMB Studios. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here, exclusively on TMB Studios. Well, all right, we are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network SWN, and we have stretched, we have relaxed, we have woosahed, yep. and we are good now. So <laughs> let's talk Had about some something that will not let's talk about <laughs> something that will not piss us off completely. Yes. Let's talk about AJ Styles, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, might be my favorite wrestler of all time next to Sting uh, for me personally. Um, but why are we talking about AJ Styles, Chris? Well, I'll tell you why. It was announced uh, by AJ Styles in an interview done, I believe, uh, by was it by ESPN or was it by uh, one of the dirt sheets? I think it was by ESPN. I think I it was, see. too. I think it, it was, was legitimate. Too. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, and it broke, uh, big on this one because AJ Styles said that this current contract that he just signed with WWE for about five more years will probably, actually not even probably, it will be his last contract that he signs in pro wrestling. Yep, and this is huge because that means he's finishing his career in WWE. And yeah. boy, what a career it was. Oh, my God. I mean, dude, I, I'll i be honest. From the outside looking in, he had one of those careers that you just kind of dream about as a wrestler. Because he, he, he wrestled everywhere. He I did. Mean, literally everywhere. He went all around the world. Um, you know, he he helped make a company. You know, when you yeah. think of TNA, when you think of TNA, you don't think Sting, Hogan, Dixie Carter, or any of these people. Actually, you do think Dixie Carter, but that's not in a necessarily good way. But no, <laughs> no, you, you you think of one guy. You think of AJ Styles. He immediately comes to mind when you talk about TNA. When you think of the independence, you thought about AJ Styles. You mm-hmm. know, and then when you think of the Bullet Club. You think well, obviously you think of the young bucks, Kenny Omega and Cody, but you also think of AJ a- Styles. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard to believe that AJ Styles has had this kind of career, and and he got his start here locally in Georgia, in Cornelia, yep. Georgia, with NWA Anarchy, 
And and he never forgot where he came from because when he left and he went to uh what was it? Um World Wrestling All Stars was the first place I ever saw AJ Styles. Okay, that was that Australian based promotion that ran a few pay per views and if you listen yeah, and if you listen to the history of uh, TNA, that's really where the idea for uh, TNA came up uh, with was the uh, World Wrestling All Stars. Yes, and then he shows up in TNA, and he doesn't—he's he's floundering for a while, and then he—he he all of a sudden takes off like a rocket. He becomes their Triple Crown winner. He becomes the phenomenal AJ Styles. Yes, uh, he's having tremendous matches, doing things we've never seen done before in the mm-hmm. ring. Great matchups with Jeff Jarrett, who was his biggest rival, um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, at the time. Um, you know, Frankie Kazarian and all these other guys, he made the X Division together with him. Um, his latter matches with the Biss, his matches with Christopher Daniels, with yes, Joe, I- Joe, Kurt Angle, Sting, the list goes on and on. Yes. And, and, and it's not because, you know, whoever was running TNA at the time, was making these matches happen. No, it was because AJ Styles himself was making these matches memorable. Yes, I, I completely agree. In fact, AJ Styles was pretty much the reason uh, I fell in love with TNA. When I first discovered uh, TNA, which was on UPN of all places back mm-hmm. in the day. Explosion. Right, Explosion. And uh, I heard them mention AJ Styles, and I had never heard of him, but he was the NWA champion at the time when I started watching it and everything like that. And then I looked at their history. I looked at who AJ Styles was and everything, and, you know, I just was like, whoa, this guy looks amazing and yes. everything like that. Um, you know, some of, like, like, like my memorable matches of AJ Styles – uh, I loved the uh, lockdown cage match with him and Abyss. It's one of the best oh, yeah. cage matches I've seen in recent years. Yeah, I agree. It was it was a tremendous matchup, and and both men took it to the limit. And AJ did some things in that match that you know, or were almost superhuman. You know, we talk about that with guys today, but AJ was one of the first people to actually be that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I I wouldn't say that in the first few days of, uh, well, first few days, in in, in like the first uh, few years that he was with Ring of Honor, um, I would say that that he, and I don't want this to get taken the wrong way, I don't think that he had as much impact in Ring of Honor as he did in TNA. No, because... And I didn't mean to cut you off, but, you know, TNA had a lot more exposure at the time than Ring of Honor did. Ring of Honor was still that underground cult following, and it was still building up its fan base when TNA came around. When TNA came around, they had the UPN distribution for for their show Explosion. They were on weekly pay-per-views, and they were being followed because they were bringing in these big-name talents. You know, they were bringing in names that we were familiar with. And this was just after the Monday Night Wars had ended. So, you know, there was a perfect place for AJ to get the exposure. And boy, did he fucking take the ball and run. Yes, I he mean, did. He didn't just take the ball and ran. He take the fucking ball, climbed to the top rope, and did a fucking uh, 480 flip off the thing. <laughs> Backwards, <laughs> corkscrew, moonsault. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and clashed that bitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he absolutely killed it uh, in TNA uh, and everything like that. He made TNA... 
his own. Uh, I go back to you know the the first ever headlining X division match for a pay per view at Unbreakable, the memorable triple threat match, which many people say is the best match in TNA history, and it's hard and, to argue with it. Yeah, you can't argue with that statement. That statement it was him, true. Right, it was him, and it, then it was Samoa Joe. And it was Christopher Daniels, and you just you just saw magic that night. Exactly. And if if Hulk Hogan was the man who made WWF, and Sting and Ric Flair were the guys that made WCW, then AJ Styles is the man who made TNA. There, yeah. There's no there's no doubt about that. Um, You know, and 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 through his and through I, I would say. 2002 to 2004 you know he was just he, he was the man in tna he was he was amazing uh and everything like that i will say that that when he first started out in tna although he gave great matches and he gave some great matches with jerry lynn low-key uh just a, a lot of other people in the asylum uh he was absolutely god fucking awful on the mic <laughs> <laughs> he cut a promo he cut a promo right and uh, it was on Jerry Lynn or something, and he just goes, "Hey, I got something to say to Jerry Lynn." And then he's like, "He's he 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 just goes, hey," and Mike Tanay even just goes, "That's your turn to talk, AJ." <laughs> like, like, oh god, he was absolutely god awful on the mic, but he 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 picked it up more. And everything like that, uh, as he went along in his career. Yeah. Um, um, another matchup, dude, he had a series of matchups. I go back to the cage match with him at Abyss, but he had a series of matchups that made, I think, everyone go, whoa, that was kind of different. Like him and yeah. Abyss tore the fucking house down. Yeah. Anytime AJ Styles climbed in the ring, it didn't matter who it was with. We were watching something that we had never seen before. Because we were so used to WCW, and, and, and remember, WCW made a name off themselves by pulling in the Cruiserweights and the Lucha Libres and the guys from Japan, and we had right. never seen that before. Now, when we get to TNA, we were always spoon-fed all this bullshit with WWE for the longest time, and we were used to seeing guys just get in the ring and wrestling. We had never seen moves that AJ Styles had been pulling off all this time. This was new to us. Some of yes. these bumps he was taking, these crazy fucking bumps that he still takes to this day, make yes. you sit back and go, "Holy shit! How the fuck is this dude still alive?" Right? <laughs> you know, yeah, it was something I'm, I'm, different. I mean, it was something new. It was something you know extraordinary, and it drew us in. And that's what AJ Styles' career mostly is all about. He had the ability, and he didn't have it always, but now he has the ability to grasp the audience. And suck you in so much that you realize that, okay, I'm here. You've done something I've never seen before. I'm with you for the fucking long haul. But right. yeah, I mean, any any match that AJ was in, uh, 2002, 2004, you know, was was just it was emotionally driven. He grasped the audience. He was able to pull him in, and he just made something so tremendous that we followed him and. You know, I, nobody ever thought AJ could do anything wrong when it came to being in the ring. Uh, yeah. 
and and, and what's interesting what's interesting about you know we talk about him being the first ever triple crown uh tna winner you know winning the x division champion winning the tag team champions and or winning the nwa tag team champions i should say and becoming the nwa uh champion in tna Mm -hmm. you know look at though like like when we talked about the tag team champions, look at all of the people that he won those with. Like yeah. it wasn't the same tag team. He won them with Jerry Lynn. He won them with D'Lo Brown. He even won them with Abyss. That's right. Yeah. He and he AJ Styles were tag team champions. You got to go back in uh, time for TNA because bro, the swerves are oh, fucking unbelievable. Lord. I can't do it. I can't do it right now. Anyways. Uh, yeah, it's speaking of bro, cause I, we, we were talking about through 2002 through 2004 or so, then TNA started changing. Yeah. And you and you know, you noticed that it was becoming, well, I, I don't know, like, but AJ Styles' character started shifting. Yeah. For me personally, and I know a lot of people feel this way, if you talk to AJ, he kind of feels a little different. But for me personally, uh, they made him look stupid. They turned him into a bumbling idiot uh, who, who was tripping under his own feet. He liked playing at, you know, kitty golf land or some shit like that when they were doing this thing with Karen Angle. And I'm going, what is this? Like. You've got such a great talent, and you're making him out to look like a fool. I, yeah. Why? It was just fucking, it was ridiculous. I I didn't like it. Um, not saying that AJ isn't a good heel. We obviously know that he's a great heel. But, you know, I, I... For me personally, that's not what I would have done. But if you talk to AJ in interviews, he actually says that that was actually enjoyable because he got to be funny. He got to be a little bit entertaining. And if you look at that, or if you look at it from that perspective, it did bring him out of his shell a little bit. It forced him to open up with promos and everything like that. It forced him to show another side of him. While not that being a great side of him, in my opinion, because like, they made him like TNA's turkey. And they made him TNA's like what was it? That Christmas reindeer thing? And I'm just going, what? Oh what? Jesus. I yeah, I remember I, that. I didn't get that. Oh. He goes from being TNA Star of the Year to TNA Turkey. How the fuck does that happen? <laughs> yeah. I'll just... tell you how it happens, you motherfuckers. Oh, it's a God. fucking swerve. Okay, what would have been even better, though, is if he had come out here and it had been fucking like like if we had just put him in a fucking porno suit or some fucking thing. That would have been a perfect fucking swerve. I know because I wrote TNA and Jim, I swear to God, if, if Caleb, if you have Jim Cornette here at this fucking thing, I swear to God. And look. We're on Skype, so 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 he he can't fucking get me what anyway. So what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you fucking doing here, you fucking piece of shit? Hey, I better not hear that fucking like, voice. Stopped in the fucking car with me. We're on Skype. 
Shut the fuck up, Dickens. I'm trying to talk to this stupid motherfucker on the phone. You talk about put him in a porno suit. Then you also write out sports entertainment extreme. What's that spell out? S-E-X? You fucked that up and you fucked up AJ's career, you dumb fuck. You fucked up your own leg jumping off a fucking scaffold, you but fucking dope. But at least I dope. made more money off of that and people remember that shit. Nobody remembers AJ as the fucking TNA turkey. Jim, nobody. Stupid shit like that. Jim. I'm no one fucking Caleb remembers who came. Remember that shit. Hey, Jim, no one fucking remembers who came out of the fucking box, you fucking prick. Yeah, they do. It was a fucking gobbledygooker. You know why they remember that? Because it was stupid as fuck. And oh, they keep must... playing it over and over. Nobody plays TNA Turkey over and over. Nobody plays you know what? You know what, Jim? What? No, no, no. You know what, Jim? You know who? Christ. You know what people fucking remember? They fucking remember the Attitude Era. It's the pinnacle of fucking wrestling. Oh God, seriously, guys, like <laughs> it's, it's a it's fucking. A but shut the fuck up, Dickens. Nobody's really talking to you. And guess what? Over there, fucking Vince Rudo. Just just a straight up point to the point about the Attitude Era. You didn't fucking make that. The boys and the girls who worked that made that. So shut the fuck up. You try to take whatever success. You know what? Have. I don't you have to fucking w. sit here and take this. I'm a goddamn you know, New Yorker, and I'm bigger than any of you, you, you fucking right? hicks. And right now, I fucking do this. Hang up on your ass. Goodbye. Did he just fucking hang up on me? I don't know how he hung up. He's like, shut the fuck up, dickens. I'm leaving now. I'm getting out of your fucking car. <laughs> the fuck? Was he there the whole time with you? <laughs> fucking No. How the fuck did he just show? Oh my god! Okay. Was Russo there? With I thought you? we could get the whole fucking program without seeing <laughs> or hearing from them two dope ass fucks, but we can't. God no. Okay. Back to what we were talking about. <laughs> AJ wow. fucking Styles. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god! I feel like I went through a time warp. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Fucking crazy. I know. I, I I thought we would be safe on Skype. Good nope. God, we're not safe anywhere. Anyway, <laughs> but <laughs> back to AJ Styles. So, yeah, a bunch of stuff happens in TNA uh, and everything like that, and he's made to look like a fool, it seemed like. Uh, then he kind of goes on this whole, you know, he's he's a good guy one minute, he's a bad guy the next, which is typical fucking swerves, yeah. fighting. Uh, and everything like that, and um, and he, and, but he had some, he had still some great matches along the way. Got to be in the ring with Sting, got to do stuff with Christian Cage, got to do stuff with Kurt Angle, and oh my God, if you've never seen a Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles match, I implore you to go and watch that because it's some of the best wrestling you'll ever see in your life. Yeah, it's two of the best workers doing what they do best. And honestly, anytime Kurt Angle and AJ are in the ring, and even Shane McMahon made the statement that watching those two work was one of his favorite matches of all time. Yeah, and that's coming from uh, the WWE guy. Yeah. So, so you know, it, it's it's insane that that like that like it drew that much attention that like everyone just went whoa. And I gotta tell you, man, one of my favorites that AJ Styles and and, and Angle did uh, was that fucking um, uh, uh, Last Man Standing uh, matchup, which was done where you had to get a three count and then you did the uh, the ten counts. Yeah. So, and it happened at Hard Justice 2008. Uh, if you've never seen that matchup, 
go check it out because yeah, it's it's, shaming man approved. Yeah, that's the one he loved the most. Yeah, he did, and they actually have footage of it on the, on WWE, the WWE Network. Network. <laughs> I mean that, that that that's that's just crazy. Uh, and they actually had Don West voice on there. I was just like, oh my god, are you kidding me, Don West? <laughs> Look at that! Yeah. That's Nash in that pile of crap! Look at that! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. This is the oh, greatest. Whoa. That's the greatest call uh, ever in the history of <laughs> in the history of TNA. But anyways, um, yeah. So AJ Styles, you know, is, is is growing, and then TNA really starts to change. Now the big names, the former names. The take up all of our time names uh, come in to TNA and AJ kind of gets lost in the shuffle a he lot. Does. He still, he still maintains himself, but he gets lo- lost in the shuffle when going up, you know, or when basically being paired with a bunch of factions, you know, Fortune Four, uh, Immortal, uh, the, um, TNA Frontline. Uh, at that, at that time. And yeah, um, not the best time. No. TNA and, or AJ Styles. And, and, and the thing is, is yeah, I remember Fortune 4. You know, it was pretty much the who's who of the up and coming TNA guys. But uh, everything else just kind of like swept under the rug. And that's where AJ went. And honestly, I would feel frustration at that time. I don't know how AJ completely felt at a time, but I would have felt frustration because I've been busting my ass, and this is the way I'm being treated. It, it wasn't fair to AJ. It wasn't fair to the boys of TNA at all, but to AJ, the guy who was single-handedly uh, the face of your company, right? him like that is ridiculous. Oh, I, I completely agree, and, and, and I always said that when, when watching TNA, um and, and everything like that and uh yeah so so TNA really starts to change and yeah you can tell that AJ and a lot of them are frustrated uh with the direction everything is headed in uh and, and everything like that and then TNA you know continues uh to change uh in everything like that and AJ Styles gets used a little bit more, but still in a way that that just kind of makes him look weird. Like yeah. they do this whole Claire Lynch thing, uh, where it's it's said that AJ might be having an affair actually with Dixie Carter, um, and then it turns out uh, no, uh, that you know it, it was basically his friends Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. Uh, turning their backs on him and just ruining his life, just making his life a living hell uh, for whatever reason. And yeah, and so they, they they do that, and and AJ's just getting put through the ringer and everything like that. Uh, and it was it, that that was a that was a bad time for AJ. Yeah, it really was. I I don't even. This is the thing is I don't even remember all that because when I saw it start going down that that path, I stopped watching. Yeah, it turned in it turned into Maury, like like oh, it turned Lord. into an episode of Maury Povich. They legit had a DNA test and shit like that. It was it was awful. But then AJ Styles goes away for almost about a year or so. And, or, or, or a good few months. 
and he comes back and he's different. He's yeah. the way that I feel he should have been all along. I've been waiting for this where it's screw all of you. Screw anyone who is associated with anything. I'm not associated with anyone. I walk alone. And yes. He, and he did this loner type character. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah. This was and it was my favorite incarnation of AJ Styles ever. Yeah. And it came at a time when the Aces and Eights faction was like really big. Yes. And they kept saying they had AJ, they had AJ, they had AJ. When AJ showed up, he jumped them. And he yes. pretty much proved it. He was alone. But he also attacked Kurt Angle as well. He did. He did. So he made it clear he was by himself. He didn't stand with anybody. Not and, TNA, and, not Aces and Eights, not anybody. Yep, and it kept on. And and then the, the thing I like about this character is not only did it carry over from the Aces and Eights storyline, but it also carried over into the TNA storyline itself with Dixie Carter. Yes, and uh, I and 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 I, I was just about to get to that. Um, the, the only, you know, thing was is, unfortunately, it's TNA booking. Yeah. So it doesn't turn out the best at times, but I still just, I loved everything that did with, and I, and, and, and I think I can say this, this was the most over that AJ ever got in yeah. TNA. Yeah, it was huge. People fucking popped every time he showed up. Because they were just like, we love this. Like, like he, he wasn't. And he wasn't a heel, and he wasn't a face. He was he was a tweener. He was literally just like, I don't give a fuck about any like. And AJ doesn't cuss. We know that. But he he does. You know, he didn't give a fuck. He did not care whether you liked him or whether you hated him. He was just gonna go out there and, and do what he does best. Yep. And, and it was it was beautiful. I loved it. I absolutely. I loved every minute. Like, that was the only reason to watch Impact Wrestling was that, in my yes. opinion. That was, like, that was legit when I started watching Impact Wrestling again, hardcore, because I loved that character idea so much, and I loved what AJ Styles did it. So it's my favorite uh, incarnation of AJ Styles, and it pays off with him winning the TNA title. But yes. the interesting thing about that is he's on his way out. He's on his way out the door because his contract is signing and the brilliant minds at TNA decided, hey, let's not re-sign him. <laughs> and then so on top of stupid. that, and then on top of that, let's ask the guy who, who has busted his ass for us, who has gone out of his way to help make this company what it is. Let's ask him to take a pay cut because we don't know how to run a business properly. Yeah. And and that pissed AJ uh, off. And I agree. That would me too. Like it's just it's like, wait a minute. I have to take a pay cut because you can't do your job right? No, I don't think so. And so, yeah. And I said this from the get-go. I said – I said, if you lose AJ Styles, TNA, you're done. You're absolutely done. And guess what happened? 
They lost him, and what happened? They dropped. They're done. They're no longer there. And now, here's the thing. Everyone hated the Dixie Carter character, but I always said this. I said, you know what? If AJ Styles had stayed and they were able to build it more, that could have been one of the best storylines in years. Yeah, it would have made perfect sense, and it would have been, it would have been tremendous. They could because have it was real. From it. Yeah, it was real. They could have made something great from it, but instead, they put him in a, a car that Dixie supposedly bought and let him drive off in the sunset. Yeah, nah, because they didn't want to re-sign him or something like that. I, I don't know, but Stupid. he took the TNA belt with him uh, and everything like that. And brought him back what, here to NWA Anarchy. <laughs> yeah, he did. He defended it in Japan and everything. And then, of yep. course, he would return to TNA and lose it to Magna or Magnus and everything like that. Um, and that was the end of AJ Styles in TNA. But when that happened, that opened up the door for him to return to where he all start to where it all started for him on the independence. Mm-hmm. And he came back, and oh my God, did he come back with a vengeance? Yeah, he was one of the few people that could prove that you could make it big on the independence without a big machine like WWE or anybody behind you. Well, I've, I've often said this. I said, I said the rise of the independence was due in large part to AJ Styles coming back to it. Cause if yeah. you notice when that boom on the independence happened, it was in large part to AJ Styles. Yeah. And he hit a lot of independent promotions who are now synonymous with the independent scene. Yes. And he helped out a lot of uh, places. One of the places he went back to was Ring of Honor, R-O-H. And, man, did he have some badass matches in Ring of Honor. Um, such one, one of my favorites when he returned, to be quite honest, was yeah. him versus, Ky- uh, versus Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. who is currently at NXT and part of Undisputed. Adam Cole, baby! Okay, I just <laughs> had to get that out. Anyways, uh, but yes. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus AJ Styles. Oh my God. What a matchup, uh, that is. If you've never seen it in Ring of Honor, go check it out on, uh, ROH.com. Become an Honor Club member. You can watch that matchup as well as a lot of other matches as well. And speaking of Adam Cole, baby! Uh, he also had an amazing matchup with AJ Styles that had been pretty much an independent dream match. Yeah, for for a while. Yes, and uh, Ring of Honor was able uh, to deliver that uh, and everything like that. But I think the biggest thing that everyone took away from his uh, independent run when he returned after leaving TNA was obviously Too Sweet, the Bullet Club. Yes. And the Bullet Club took off like a bottle rocket. And in large part, I believe that is because of AJ Styles. Yeah, the Bullet Club, when it started, it was kind of just, you know, it was, it had some traction to it, you know, uh, and, and, and there was inklings around the world about it, but when AJ stepped into the Bullet Club, <laughs> excuse me, when AJ stepped into the Bullet Club, that is when 
it became a phenomenon. That's when everybody was hitting the two sweet. That's when everybody was like, okay, this is this is serious now. And they started yeah. following it. Yeah, that was when uh, we, we, we saw a rise in the independence like no other um, before that. And uh, just in some of the matches, I mean, he had, I mean, you, you look at his match with, or his series of matches with Okada. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal, pun intended. Anyway, <laughs> his, his um, first meetup with Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, I was just about to get to that one. The, the one at to- the one at, at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom, um, and the one that I, I felt like WWE uh, could not even come close to topping. No, they tried. Give them credit; they tried, but they never reached that kind of uh, status quo. And well, you know what? It, it, and it has nothing to do with AJ or Nakamura. It's no. just. It's the situation, yes, shitty booking. I will say though, their last man standing matchup was was incredible. Um, But you know, I I I just his his and then uh, also some other stuff that he did in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, The the match that he had with Kota Ibushi. Oh my God, Kota Ibushi was put on the map after that. Yes. Uh, and, and just, just a lot of other things that, that he did. But then it came down to finally, after years and years, after 18 years on the independence, he finally gets the call from WWE. And you know what? He's like, and you know, I can't hate on him for it. You know, he, he's just like, look guys, it's now or never. And sometimes you just gotta know. You got to know if you can make it in that world. And so AJ went there and boy, did he make it. Yeah. And at the time where he got this call, he was also getting the call back from impact to come yes. back. And, and even, and here's another tidbit of information um, that a lot of people don't know is that during this time when he was back and forth between negotiations with impact and WWE, he was also in negotiations to make it to the Flatline Pro Wrestling final show, March of Champions. Why, yes. Uh, Anthony Henry. Why, yes. Uh, if you've ever heard the shootout with uh, Bill Blanchard, uh, shout you. Oh, didn't smash. Anyways, if you've ever heard that Chris Wiggins said that uh, in an interview that uh, AJ Styles was supposed to uh, be there that night, um, I'm, I, I'm, it's, it's one of the only times you'll ever hear me actually say that I'm glad AJ Styles wasn't there. Um, I'm glad that he, he wasn't on that one because if, if he was, we'd have had all these brand new people, but it would have been our last show. So, yeah. But what a yeah. way to go out though. That would have been a way to go out with a bang. Yes. And I'm pretty sure he was supposed to take on Anthony Henry. He was, uh, it was which, originally booked for him to face off against Anthony Henry, but yes. he had signed the WWE contract and, and made uh, the surprise appearance at the Royal Rumble. Uh, to pretty much probably the biggest, 
one of the biggest pops in Royal Rumble history. And it was it was stated that, you know, Vince McMahon didn't really believe that AJ could get that kind of pop uh, as a no name that never been in WWE before. But as soon as he walked through the curtain and he got that pop. okay, now my interest is peaked. That's how Vince looked at it. Yes. So makes a big, bold statement. And and right off the bat, you know, if if you think, oh, well, we don't have much, uh, we don't have much faith in him for his first big rivalry in WWE. Let's put him in with none other than who I truly believe after watching AEW tonight, the GOAT, uh, Chris Jericho. Yeah. What better way to help get someone over than to put it, put you in the ring with Jericho? Yeah, and they they had a tremendous run as tag team, and then uh, turn around and be rivals. And that, that match at WrestleMania, even though AJ didn't win it, it was still one of the best matches on the card, bar none. Absolutely, absolutely, I have I I, I agree with that. But then the very next night at Mania, he gets an even bigger. When, when he wins in a fatal four-way match to become the number one contender for the WWE title at the time. And that is right, AJ Styles, the guy that they said would never step foot in WWE and would never make it in WWE, is going to challenge for the WWE championship at this time. And he challenged none other than... I ain't doing the baby oil thing. It already did it in this episode. It's done. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. So he, he 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 goes and he challenges Roman for the WWE Championship. Now I know everyone hates on Roman and everything like that, but I gotta tell you, man. Those were two of the best matches in WWE that I had seen in recent years for a WWE title match. Yep, and AJ gave Roman his props and said the man can go. So if AJ says that, you know the man can go. That's what my thing is, is, you know, everyone says that Roman can't go or Roman doesn't have any talent. I, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't think that. I just think that he is in this bubble that WWE has put him in and there's just no way he can escape it. So, you know, but I, I digress. Yeah. You know, seriously, uh, that match at Extreme Rules, though, that's one of my favorite matches, uh, from AJ Styles in WWE, obviously. Yeah. But that, 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 dude, that matchup, uh, was amazing. But through that matchup and through that rivalry, we got the introduction of Carl Anderson and, and Luke Gallows. Luke Gallows. I had to think there for a minute because yeah, it's been a while back. since I've actually seen them on WWE yeah. television, which that we'll get into that on another discussion. Yeah, but, but it brought yeah. back the club. Yeah, they brought back the club. Uh, and then they, and they faced the bloodline, which is kind of what they were calling them, which was the Usos and, uh, Roman. I'm not going to lie, dude. This was a good storyline. It this was. was some good television. Until they ruined it with the brand split. Of course they did. And so, yeah, n- now no longer AJ Styles is on that. But what did happen from that was the matchup that everyone talked about for years. It was when he was on TNA. 
that everyone talked about this matchup. It was a dream matchup that people said will never happen, but it did happen. He took on John Cena! Yeah, anyway. Yeah, did. Yeah, and um, I'm not I, I'm not going to lie, though, dude. Um, these two had amazing chemistry with each other. Yeah, I yeah. mean, just amazing chemistry. And that match at SummerSlam was one of the best SummerSlam matches in years. I mean, it's just straight up. It's like we were saying uh, at the beginning of this part. Uh, when uh, AJ Styles steps in the ring, it doesn't matter who it is. You know it's going to be a great match. And, and and it's never a failed match unless it's badly booked. But AJ and whoever he's wrestling with, they try to make the most of it and give something stellar that people are going to remember. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and honestly, that comes from his time in TNA because he was booked in some bad situations, but he made it work. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what he did. With this rivalry, which I to me this wasn't booked badly, uh, no. it was booked pretty much the right way and everything like that. But the matchup that he has at SummerSlam was the one that just made everyone lose their marbles, including myself, when the, we were watching it because I I was watching that pay per view thinking, well, Cena's about to you know win another big one and bury another person, but AJ Styles kicked out of the FU from the top rope, well, the attitude adjustment, uh, from the top rope, and he was able to hit the phenomenal forearm, and he pinned John Cena in the middle of the ring, of a WWE ring. Mm-hmm. How many people actually can say that they have a clean win over uh, John Cena? There's only about a few, Daniel Yeah, Bryan, it's only a handful. Daniel Bryan's one of them. Um, the Rock, The Rock, yeah. Um, and I, I, honest to God, can't remember all yeah. of them. And AJ Styles is right there. Yeah. Um, so that's just that's amazing, and that just that just goes to show you that they have a lot of faith in AJ Styles because the very next pay per view right after that, because AJ Styles is on a roll at that point. AJ mm-hmm. Styles is probably one of the most over people in the company. The night that he debuted on the Royal Rumble, they sold out of AJ Styles merchandise the minute it went on sale. Yeah. So that should just show you. But then the very next pay per view, the unthinkable happens. AJ Styles becomes the WWE champion yeah that right there that image that everyone saw was it was just it was mind-blowing uh it was absolutely mind-numbing to think that that could happen we never thought we would see it we always visioned it as wrestling fans but we never thought we would see it but it but it did happen and not only is this a top indie guy this was a top TNA guy. Yes. And he's holding the WWE Championship. And to him, that's a culmination of everything he had worked so hard for. Yes. It was. To us, it was the dream. We were living it right there with him. Yes, we were. And um, he's having the time of his life. He's uh, he's performing in places that he never performed in front of. He performed for the first time ever in front of Madison Square Garden. 
So, uh, yeah. And a guy that's been in 18 years in the business and never step, never once stepped foot in the garden. And yep. he performed there, uh, and everything like that. Uh, and then, you know, he goes and he takes on Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Because we go from the, him being WWE champion to Shane McMahon, but I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was a good matchup. In fact, pretty much after you watched that, there was really just no point in watching WrestleMania. No, no, and it was that, done after other, that. Other than, other than that and the, um, and the Hardy Boys return on that. Yeah. Show. But yeah, after that, um, AJ Styles, you know, kind of just, you know, flounders along and everything like that and he goes in the u.s title picture and you're just like well i guess that was the end of his uh championship run and everything like that i guess that was the end of his top tier run i guess in wwe or at least that's what everyone was thinking but then what happened from that was a very a, a series of of weird events uh that led to this uh, WWE has the TLC pay-per-view and the matchup that is supposed to be uh, on there is Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor and uh, or the demon Finn Balor and uh, a, a weird illness comes uh, in the locker room. Bray Wyatt comes down with the mumps. Several wrestlers actually came down with this uh, Roman Reigns being one of them. And, uh, yeah, this presented an interesting opportunity for WWE to deliver a matchup that had been talked about for, on the independence for, or for a while since, uh, AJ Styles took over the Bullet Club from, uh, from Finn Balor or at the time Fergal Devitt. And we finally get the phenomenal one, AJ Styles versus Finn Balor with no hype. No build-up, just here's the matchup. And to be quite honest, that's all it needed to be. Nope. There actually was no need to have this big, huge wrestling storyline. It was just, nope, here's the match. Yep, that's all it needed. Here's AJ versus Finn Balor, and the internet world and the world of wrestling fucking went nuts. Oh, because it was one of the best matches of the year by far. Um, it lived up to everything. The two went out there. They absolutely stole the show. Finn Balor was in full paint demon gear, uh, and, and they just brought it. And it was interesting because on that, uh, or on that pay-per-view, what a lot of people didn't realize was the travel schedule that AJ Styles was on because he was on SmackDown, who was, who was overseas at the time. So he went from overseas to the pay-per-view to do that matchup that night. And from that, WWE and Vince McMahon really loved him because he looked at him then as his workhorse. Yep. And that's exactly what AJ Styles is. Yeah, he's always been that way. He's always willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, make the company and to, you know, keep the company successful. And he proved it. Yes, absolutely. And like I said, from that, uh, you know, Vince McMahon really saw something in him. And so immediately he put the WWE on, or he put the WWE title on AJ Styles. And 
AJ Styles' health was, uh, I think, like one of the longest reigning champions in WWE modern history. Yeah. Held the title for almost about two years, I think. And uh, he had such great matches with Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, uh, just the list goes on and on uh, in WWE. Kevin like Owens, that. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, amazing run and everything like that. But it seems like AJ Styles' run uh, in pro wrestling is coming to an end. Because he's even he even told WWE uh, recently that he was just like, hey, I'm I'm getting too old and I really am I don't want to miss any more of my kids, you know, stuff and everything like that. And that just happens in life. Um, yeah, it does. And everything like that. So, and I think a lot of wrestlers know. But a a a, his, a, a historic career, a storied career, I should say, uh, for. Probably one of the best wrestlers that there ever has been uh, on the planet. Check out his many TNA matches, such as the one with uh, him and Christopher Daniels versus LAX in an, in an Ultimate X match. One of the best tag team matches I've ever seen in my life. Um, some, some great ones from TNA, some great ones from ROH, some great ones from New Japan. And just five matches anywhere you can. Of AJ Styles, and then of course go to the WWE Network uh, to watch all of his WWE stuff. But man, we have covered a lot here today on uh, this episode of the Stovall Wrestling Network. But a reminder: we will be back here next week, and we will have very special guest Jacob Ryan will be on the Stovall Wrestling Network. That's going to be huge. Looking forward to talking to him and everything like that but chris man whoo i think that's it and uh yeah. I, I i think i think the steam has a has a has come has come down from your ears now I yeah think, i think you're good <laughs> i'm great uh and anybody that's that that heard the, this podcast and heard me go off if you know me personally you know i'm in every word of it it was very emotionally driven yeah, I, I did lose it for a bit there, but I'm very passionate about the, the guys and the girls who work in this business, both in the ring and behind the scenes. Well, and, so am I, but I let my aggression out the other one. Yeah, and, and just talking about AJ's career just made me feel good. Made me, uh, you know, I was a fan of AJ's from the jump, and I, I'm just enjoying it, man. I'm going to enjoy his last run in WWE. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and so will I. Even though I don't enjoy many things about WWE, and especially as like I said after thank seeing God the for AEW DVR. for what <laughs> I said, thank God for DVR, right? <laughs> Just fast forward through that shit. Yep. Uh, but anyways, yes, we will be right back here, like I said, next week with a brand new episode, and we will have Jacob Ryan right here on the Stovall Wrestling network but that is it for tonight's episode make sure you follow us though on facebook at swn stovall wrestling network follow me on facebook at caleb stovall and follow him at chris dickens and follow at tmb studios on facebook as well good lord i can't talk yep and we got, and I'm just going to put this out there, TMB Studios has a lot of announcements coming up, so you might want to check that out, including announcements with the Stovall Wrestling Network. Got a lot going on. 
Yes, I, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it uh, and everything like that. And make sure you can also listen to this podcast right here on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Radio. So make sure you follow us on all of that. But that is it for tonight's episode. He is Chris Dickens. I'm Caleb Stovall. Peace. It's the SWN Stovall Wrestling Network. And as my man, Ian Riccoboni, would say, happy wrestling, everybody.